224 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for the next couple hours as we spin you around the world of video games. This is going to be a great episode. I'm just telling you right now, we have some great games to talk about. We have some big events to talk about. And probably the biggest announcement of the year so far until we get sort of the price and release date of the console. So we have a big show. We have a lot to get to. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on the intro. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Dinfire. And also alongside me today, I have Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Hey, just uh, waiting for Red Dead Redemption to fix itself again. Yeah, apparently it just got the update just completely broke broke the hell out of online. Like just because I went on, everybody knows my preferences. I went on because the new naturalist role is basically scanning wildlife and you know that's my jam so i went back in and like the back the patch broke everything your camp is gone there's no npcs uh all the animals are gone you can't shoot anything like there's it's, no game it, left the game is gone and like the, if you go on reddit you'll see all these people that like because i guess i haven't played in months and months but apparently like if you do the daily challenges you get like better bonuses like, you know week to week until it builds up to a certain level and there's people that had got had the bonus racked up like since the first day and they broke their streak because of this patch because oh. there's no animals to kill. There's no way you can't do anything. Oh, man, so, that's bad. There's some mad, mad people. I don't blame them one bit. And you're one of them. But in, apparently. But in better, uh, better news. Oh, you got your Lego NES. Yeah. Just to prove I, I was not kidding. That's <laughs> huge. It. That box is gigantic. <laughs> so I'll Holy probably crap. put that together uh, tomorrow or next couple of days, and maybe I'll be able to show uh, the TV working okay. next week or something. Cool. That would be awesome. Um, also, today, we have the return of the OG shower attendant. Jared is back as our TriCaster TD. What's up, Jared? Hi, also, how are you? Also, probably your first time really on camera. You're always just kind of like an arm sticking up out of the shower or whatever. Hmm. Um, but yeah, we got Jared back uh, running TriCaster for us. And Jared, since you started working with Sifted, have you kind of turned into a gamer? Uh, a little bit. Um, yeah. But I'm always behind a few months. So right uh-huh. now I'm playing... Um, uh last of us 2 so okay (laughs) are you enjoying the last of us part 2 i am yeah it's good it's a um a reprieve from everything that's going on outside i guess (laughs) kind of (laughs) (laughs) or is it really (laughs) last of us 2 is a much more manageable apocalypse it is actually because you have more control over it in the last of us part (laughs) 2 so anyway uh, jared's back welcome back jared uh good to have you back brother uh, you guys are probably wondering why the heck we're doing Game Face on a Wednesday. Well, Wednesdays are going to be the day going forward. Uh, we were very fortunate to get Jared back uh, when Mitch was unable to handle TriCaster duties any longer. Um, but he has a big project that he works on on Tuesdays. And it's way too big for us to even ask him to uh, do Game Face on Tuesdays. So we're going to be doing the show on Wednesdays going forward for the foreseeable future. It actually worked out in our favor this week, Matt, because... Some big stuff broke yesterday that would have happened either in the middle of the show or kind of right after. Uh, So it's working out that we're going to be able to discuss it today instead of waiting until next week. But anyway, if you have calendar set up to alert you every Tuesday at 1 o'clock, just change that calendar event to Wednesdays at 1. We'll be here every freaking week. 
So with that, it's time to discuss our poll of the week. Our poll of the week for this week um, actually is a part of a discussion that was a couple weeks ago, and then we're going to discuss it again today, and that is gaming TV networks. And what we asked you was, and this is obviously with the recent news of Venn launching and G4 coming back, our question was, what should be the primary focus of a gaming network? Now, look, everybody knows it can't just be all of one thing. And that's why I didn't include an option that said a mix of everything. Because sure, it's a TV network. You're going to need a mix of everything to fill out all the airtime you have. But my question to you guys was, what should it be its focus? What should a gaming network be known for? Um, and you guys were, had four different options. Uh, the first one was personalities. The second one was gaming culture. The third was esports and live gameplay. And the fourth was editorial and opinion. Um, any guesses on which uh, one won, Matt? Or did you look at the poll already? Well, we can see the monitor now. so oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you don't have to guess then. So as you can see, um, editorial and opinion won in a landslide with 43% of the vote. Uh, next up was gaming culture, which I was kind of surprised at. Personalities at 23 and esports and live gameplay at 8%. I think that number might be a function of our audience. And our yeah. the median age of our audience is like 37 years old. Um, Although, to be fair, like esports is pretty well covered by esports. Yeah. Like you <laughs> don't really need a network to digest that for you because if you care about a specific esport, you are probably following it already in a way that like a gaming network is not going to digest well for you. Yep. Um, but I look, I'm not that surprised at the results. I'm surprised that it was that editorial was that high. Um, but I did think it would probably win knowing our audience that they really care about, um, you know, impartiality, editorial integrity, um, an editorial voice, things like that. So that didn't surprise me too much. But the 8% for esports and Let's Plays, that was a little surprising to me. I figured it would do a little bit better than that. Um, but as usual, I went into the poll and I pulled some of the better quotes that you guys shared uh, of your opinions based upon... Um, this poll. And as always, I tried to pull quotes that were representative of kind of all the different replies that we got. So the first one we're going to share is from Herbatronic or Herbatronic. Um, and he says, I don't know what a gaming network should focus on because I just don't get the appeal at all. A good personality can carry any kind, any kind of show. So that more than anything, I suppose. So Herbatronic chose personalities, but he feels like there's really no place for a gaming TV network at all right now. He can't see the reason for it. Can you, Matt? Um, well, I would agree with that. And I think the people running Venn and G4 also agree with it because they're not TV networks. Um, they are, I don't know. I mean, Venn is a constant live stream. Venn, I think, actually is trying to get on. It wants TV. to be, but yeah. it's going to have to prove itself to get there. Um, and G4's plan is no TV at all. G, yeah, G4, I don't think has quite decided what it is yet, but it's definitely not a TV network. Yeah. Um, so there, there's sort of content factories right now. Um, doing, you know, and Venn's doing kind of a TV network thing in the sense that it's on all the time, even if it's mostly reruns a week later. Um, but like, yeah, I don't think, I don't think putting it on broadcast TV makes a lot of sense anymore. Like, I mean, you could argue it didn't make a lot of sense then either. <laughs> well, it did uh, because video for video games wasn't, as prevalent as it is now. You got to remember, right? In a pre YouTube era, it made more sense. A business on being the first to have 720p video of games. I mean, mm -hmm. 
that's kind of where we were at then. So but game trailers advantage was also just presenting literally game trailers right. and footage as opposed to like making shows show. out of them. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. a I mean, we did thing. that, but that we got yeah. a lot of traffic just from the media that we posted to the site for sure. Um, next up, Raphael Michael. Uh, he says, if I knew what would make such a network relevant in 2020, I would probably work on it right now. <laughs> mm. My vote goes to editorial and opinion, though it has to be top grade, fantastic and well-produced. No clip tier and 100% unbiased. No need for another KF that's tied up to its neck with partnerships and people they can't afford to upset. So to Raphael Michael, ed ed editorial integrity is pretty much everything. It's a foundation that you build upon and then everything else that comes after that is kind of gravy. Uh, next comment from Derek D111. I picked gaming culture because I think there are a lot of places you can go for personalities and opinion, but gaming culture is shown the least. That's a really good point. Um, and the other I don't know thing what I that would, is. Well, I think part of it is that it's, it's a pain in the ass to produce and it's expensive to produce. Um, you have to go out mm. into the field. You have to set up shoots. You have to do interviews. You have to schedule all that stuff. All that stuff is way more complicated Way more so, expensive than just going to the corner of your studio and shooting something. Right. Is that, so did I mean like stuff like that Netflix documentary that's coming? Yeah, like just stuff score, that focuses that kind of on like the people. Icons. Like, yeah, stuff like that. Yep. So, Icons was a very intensive show to produce. It was. It was, it, it was a good show. But, it is. But that's the thing. It's like you get what you pay for in a lot of ways with production. Mm -hmm. It's like if you put in the extra work, chances are the show's probably going to be good. Yeah. Um, and also like Icons, like, I mean, Icons was probably the most interesting show of the old G4 lineup pre-tech TV merger we to me. There. But it was also one of the least watched. Yeah, um, which is a shame. Like it just didn't, the trade-off between how much it costs and the effort to produce it and how many people actually paid attention to it just wasn't there. And that's why there weren't too many episodes of it after a while. Yeah. But I think by far it was one of the most compelling shows on the network. Absolutely agree. And it's still, if you watch some of those old Icons episodes, they're still valuable. Oh, they're still they're great. Still yeah. Great. They still have interviews with people in specific yeah. eras that no one else will ever have because they're yeah. gone and nobody shot it but Icons. So yeah, yeah a lot of value to that show. Next up, V Nunes. Uh, their best chance to get me as a viewer is to maybe work really hard on their editorial content. I'd love to see someone create Vox-style editorials and docs about more serious or interesting topics in the games industry. Fun fact, Sifted HQ was going to have a segment like that before the Rona. Um, maybe someday we'll be able to do it. Uh, other than that, I don't see this offering me anything that I can't already get in some form or another through YouTube and a million other creators. Is that really the problem here, Matt? Even like the people that you would have on your show unless you lock them into exclusive contracts chances are a lot of them are just going to be streaming on their youtube or twitch channels anyway mm -hmm. so i can understand where maybe the value of that you know to to someone may not seem like it's much yeah i mean that's why i mean that's why i think editorial and personality go hand in hand like it's not just is their opinion on thing it's not just like are their personalities you have to care what they have to say you have to care what they're talking about you have to um, trust them i think too yeah I mean, like that, and and I understand kind of like the the, but also like G, I mean, G four I guess has a has an advantage there in the sense that there's a built in nostalgia factor, there's a built in I want to see these people again factor, mm -hmm. um, but that depends how long they can hold on to those people. Like there was an article that went up uh, today about Olivia being in talks to yeah, Olivia Munn going back again. to G four. Uh, we'll see if that happens, but like yeah, that would be a pretty big get. Because um, that's the thing is like you can't just resurrect the G4 brand and act like that's all it is because G4 was also those people. Yeah. I think most people would agree that at its core, G4 in its final form was Olivia, Kevin, Morgan, and Adam. 
Yeah. Um, I would so, argue it was that when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> before I <sure>. left. <laughs> um, but certainly, like, that's what people remember. And then, like, you know, there's other, you know, obviously Kristen Adams and, and uh, uh, Allison Hayslip and all those. But, like, uh, it's... Um, those are the, the big four, and without those big four, I wonder, you know, is there enough clout to, to get eyeballs on it? Because um, otherwise, you're just sort of pulling in people you think are streamer famous enough to be note noteworthy, but cheap enough for you to afford as a fledgling network, and I don't know, like, how much ground that's going to cover. Yep. Um, so we'll, and I, I mean, the, the other advantage G4 probably has is, is shows that people have heard of. Like, if they brought back icons, I think you would at least get eyeballs on the first episode. Oh, yeah, for Good. sure. I agree. Uh, then the last comment comes from Stealthy, and he was one of the only ones who actually voted for uh, more esports and gameplay. And here's what he says. Oh, wow. Looks like I picked the odd choice here. I believe a TV program needs to have an esports show and live gameplay. The right personalities for the streams and pros for esports. Let's say they sign Ninja. The program will see huge numbers. Here's one thing I do think is a bit of a myth is that hiring people because they have so huge social media followings is going to guarantee success for whatever project it is that you're working on. Um, just because they have a lot of followers does not mean that all those followers are going to go wherever they tell them to go. Some will, sure, but not all of them. And in fact, I would argue probably 85 to 90 percent of them aren't going to do it. So that about track. I mean, I've been on productions that hired you know, high volume streamer or YouTube people specifically because of their subscriber count and none of it translates. It really into, doesn't. Like 10, they want to see like them in their native environment. They don't like care 10 about Like 10% turnover, like that's, that would be a stellar. That's probably high. Yeah. yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. nothing even remotely close to that has ever happened in the, in the few productions I've been on that like pulled in like a big name streamer or whatever. It just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't turn over like that. Because There's they no like those people because of what they do. If yeah. they're a streamer or they're a YouTuber, they like them because they're a streamer or a YouTuber, not because they're on some other show in some other place that they have to make an appointment to watch and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. so. Like trying to transfer that audience out of the Twitch environment or the YouTube environment is borderline impossible. Yep. And I think when we talk about Venn a little later in the show, we'll get into some of that. So uh, the first week of Venn is one of the topics later in the show. So we're going to dive deep on what the network did in its first week and discuss that. Obviously, Matt and I, with a lot of experience working in gaming TV, hopefully we can provide some insight into that. So anyway, that's the poll of the week. There'll be another one up before the end of the day today. As always, it'll be in the header. So make sure you check it out. The other thing I should add before we move on is that was the least amount of votes we ever got in a poll of the week. <laughs> so the interest in gaming TV, TV networks intrinsically is not that high because a lot of people couldn't be bothered to even click and vote. So I think it shows you that uh, it's a tough road for these, uh, for at least for Venn to tell if it wants to get on television. Ready to get away from it all without losing all the comforts of home? DeShazer Ryan Realty has a once-in-a-lifetime 200-acre estate for sale in Libby, Montana that gives new meaning to the phrase roughing it. This eye-popping main lake house on this sprawling estate has four bedrooms and bathrooms, phone, and internet. There are also separate guest and caretaker houses. It's the first time this property has ever been for sale, so don't let the chance to buy a slice of outdoor heaven pass by. It can be yours for $3.4 million. If you're interested, no matter where you live, contact Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643 or DeShazerMT at gmail.com. He can also connect you with local realtors who can help you with your specific needs. If you want to see more, head on over to www.snowshoeranchmt.com. That's snowshoeranchmt.com. 
Gameface.com. Let's get on with Gameface 224 proper. We're going to kick things off with Cyberpunk 2077. I don't know how many times we've had Cyberpunk topics on Gameface, but we're going to keep having them as we get new information until that sucker launches. And the good news is it's not that far away. Uh, this week, CD Projekt Red had the Night City Wire Episode 2. If you guys are not familiar with what those are, they're basically CD Projekt Red's Nintendo Directs just for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, the host is the girl, I think her name's Molly, who used to work on Sony's UK YouTube channel, and she's doing a good job with them. They're very slick, very well produced, and most importantly, they're filled with a lot of information, which is what a lot of you I know care about. There were sort of three angles that they took in a Night City Wire 2. They talked about life paths, they talked about weapons, and they talked about music. Um, the music part was a surprise to me in how interested I was in the developer doc that they put out about it. They are taking the audio very seriously in this game. In fact, they're taking everything really seriously. The, some of the stuff that was in this Night City Wire episode I was like, I, I couldn't almost believe that, they're, that it's in the game, honestly. Knowing that they've had to delay the game a bunch of times, um, some of the stuff that they were talking about, I'm like, man, that sounds like something I would have cut. If I was up against, like, crunch or I had to delay it or whatever, but no, a lot of really cool stuff is making it into the final version of the game. Matt, was, what, was your, what were your big takeaways from the Night City Wire? Um, I'll be honest, I missed this oh. completely. I didn't know this happened. Oh, um, it now, was, part of part of I, I admit part of that is I don't want to see anymore. Oh, okay, so like, you reached I, your your limit. I, well, I mean, look, they had me at CD Projekt Red making a cyberpunk game, um, but like this, I completely missed this. This happened. Um, I mean, I look, I don't want to see anymore. But if I knew this was happening, I would have. I mean, I'm, my willpower isn't that strong on this game. Like, I do want to see more. Um, I, di I did see some of the screenshots. I did see some of that float by, but I did not realize they did another Night City Wire episode. Um, so awesome. <laughs> like, I'm glad to see it, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm already in on this game. Like, yep. hard. I'll tell you the only... I think everybody it's funny, is. It's funny you said, like, they're taking everything seriously because, like, the one thing I have any misgivings on is that statement that a couple of the, the lead, lead guys made a couple of weeks ago about how, like, the game isn't political. Or trying to make political statements. We've I'm like, heard that before. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> and then you play the game and you're like, oh, okay. right. I mean, look, if I mean, if you didn't mean to make The Witcher three political, you missed it because yeah. like, it is. <laughs> um, but also, like, if you don't want to make a political game, you should not be making a cyberpunk game. Like, cyberpunk is inherent. Yeah, that's I mean, what it is. Yeah, that's what punk means. Uh -huh, like, you exactly. are exactly. Like, like, that's the whole point. <laughs> exactly. Like, so, so I, I mean, I know that part of that is probably this them not wanting to rock the boat and like. You know, they, it's a, you know, Poland is a more conservative culture to some degree, and they are funded in part by, you know, government grants and places, I'm sure. Um, but, like, no, cyberpunk is political. Like, one way or the other, like, cyberpunk is going to make commentary on that, and I hope that they don't shy away from that. The final I game. don't think they I will. I feel like they won't, considering how Witcher 3 turned out. Yeah. Like, I think so. that they're just saying that now because they don't want, like, the 35% of the potential audience to, like, turn on the game. Right. That's my guess. We'll like, see. I'm sure you'll be able to play it as an asshole if you want to. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No doubt about that. Um, but, like, other than that, like, yeah, I have even the, the, the little I, I absorbed over the last day or so, um, like, I am impressed by how much is in this. It's and, crazy. Did and you to, see? Um, to the point that it's like, 
you only had to delay that like five months. Like <laughs> well, really? Like they have been working on it for like since like 2012. Yeah, yeah. But like you can see uh, it though, and that's why when I saw this game for the first time, I was blown away by it. I was like, you can see the time that's been spent on this game, and now that was what two and a half years ago. Yeah. Two years ago, I guess that's it. So all that time, they've obviously been polishing and adding stuff, and it is absolutely paying off. So. As I said, one of the big focuses was talking about the life paths. Now, one thing I will say is I felt like I knew most of this information already, what they shared, but my guess is they're just trying to pound the mm -hmm. point home. They've uh, talked about the life path thing before, but I don't think they've demonstrated it. Yeah, before. yeah, they like, showed it, I guess. Thing. You're right, That because it's kind of the big difference. Um, and as you guys probably know, if you've been watching Game Face or just not living under a rock for the last like year, there are basically three archetypes that you can start the game as. And when I say start the game as, I mean start the game as, because what uh, life path that you choose changes how the game starts. So one of the classes is a nomad. And if you choose that class, you actually start out like Mad Max style out in the desert. And each of the three has their own location where they start. There's a street kid that you can play as. And obviously you start in the city. Um, and so that stuff was already kind of known. But again, just recapping it for those who didn't know. And then kind of the big news about this was they had said that, okay, so you start as these archetypes, but as the game goes on, you have the flexibility to basically make your character whatever you want. And then they kind of left it at that. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. So you're, you're going to be this when you start, but over time that all disappears. Well, as it turns out, that's not the case. So if you do choose a street kid um, and then you go through the open where you start in the city and you get into the meat of the game, that archetype doesn't go away. People that you run into and have conversations with know that what your archetype is, what your history is, and it will affect the dialogue choices that you get and how conversations play out. And in some cases, ultimately how the plot will play out. Uh, they also announced that you can finish the game without finishing the main plot, which is interesting. So I don't know how that works. Because <laughs> I mean, there have been games. I mean, there have been games that did that, but it's like a weird abbreviated thing. There's also, I mean... It depends how gimmicky they're going with that. Like, you know, there's stuff like, you know, where you can replay Chrono Trigger and use the right thing to, like, get to the final boss, like, in the first, like, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Or, like, Far Cry 4, where if you sit at the table long enough, Pagan Man just comes back, takes you to your mother's grave and lets you put the ashes away, and that's the end of the game. Like, it's, like, five minutes in. Yeah. Um, so who knows what, what that really means. Um, but it's also like if, you know, if they really are playing this up as like, choose your own path and like, be what you want to be, there could be, you, you could theoretically make the right, this right or wrong, I mean, who knows, decisions that lead you to a situation where the main storyline is no longer relevant to your character. That's true. Finishing That's true. it would not make any sense. That's so. a good point. Yep. That could absolutely be it. Um, so anyway, it looks like there's going to be plenty of incentive to replay this game. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like even playing as the same class a second time could end up with different results. And I think that's something a lot of people want to hear is that this isn't going to be a game where I just play it and I finish it and I put it down and I have no incentive to go back and do it again. In this game, you absolutely will. And I think looking at the, the developer's prior projects like The Witcher 3, I think you can build certain expectations around what to expect from Cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, then I've already played The Witcher three three times. So right, this, this is yeah. a shoe in. Yep, exactly. And uh, you know, The Witcher was what seven years ago? Is that right now? 
Uh, Witcher was 2015. Yeah, so five years ago. So imagine the advancements mm -hmm. in everything that they've come across. They, they announced this three years before they put The Witcher 3 out. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> I know, it? it's crazy. Uh, so the next bullet point was weapons. And again, this was a little bit uh, repetitive for me because, again, that first demo that they did for us at E3, that blew my mind. They really went in depth on the weapons. They explained how they all worked, all the modifications that you could install, what they would do. They kind of showed that crazy, like the crazy, like bouncing bullet stuff. Just really cool, fun stuff. Uh, but in this presentation, they really broke it down and kind of supplied all the weapon classes. Uh, the, I'm just going to run through them very quickly. Smart weapons, um, they have like um, basically homing is the, probably the best way to crunch it down to a sentence. Um, it's basically they have projectile tracking properties. Um, so any weapons that are smart weapons, they'll actually hone in on your enemies. Uh, tech weapons are the ones that are the most customizable in the game, and they're also extremely powerful. But... As with any other heavy weapon, you don't get a ton of ammo. The reload is slow. So it's one of those things you got to consider before you decide to roll with one of those. Um, power weapons are what CD Projekt Red is calling old school weapons. I'm, I'm not, I didn't really quite understand what they were talking about when they said that. But they did say that uh, they look like traditional weapons, but they're just a cut below the tech weapons as far as damage output. Um, think maybe shotgun, I guess, might be a good way mm -hmm. to put it. Um, and then melee weapons is the final weapon class. Um, katana have been huge in a lot of the footage that they've shown, but my guess is there's just going to be a plethora of yeah. things that you can use to beat people with. And also, I, I think that like I guarantee you there will be a monofilament whip in this game, which is one of the classic Cyberpunk 2020 weapons that just like like it's. Um, we'll see if it actually makes it in. I hope it does, but. Um, there, there. In the old game, there was uh, you could have monofilament whip weapons like built into you as sort of like an emergency, pop, like kind of a like a boom thing. Hmm. And what it was is it just whips out like a huge monofilament whip, which is like the width of a molecule, and like cuts apart anything in front of you. Oh. And like it's dangerous because I it can like backfire <laughs> and like kill anything in front. You know, you couldn't use it in like if your teammates were in front of you because you could damage them too. But basically like like in that first Resident Evil movie where the lasers cut the guy up into cubes. Yeah. Like like that. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah. So, like so that needs to be in the game. You can have stuff that in the in the old game you could have stuff that like was like an emergency like pop out of your chest sort of thing and like save you. Or you could have it like built into your hand and do stuff like that. So I'm hoping that monofilament whips make it into this game somehow. So am I. I, I, I didn't even know they awesome. existed until now, but I absolutely <laughs> want them. And you and it should also include the risk reward thing. So yeah. you know, maybe one out of seven times that you use it, it kills you. You know, you can mm -hmm. do something really fun with it like that, create a wild card inside the combat. So I would love that. Um, and then the final element that they talked about was the music and the soundtrack. Um, refused, which is a man, I don't know if I would call them metal. I think most people who don't know music well would probably call them metal. Uh, but they're a really heavy band. They're handling a lot of the soundtrack duties for this. They also provided the first glimpse of Keanu Reeves' in-game band. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, Keanu Reeves is a musician and is in bands. I think, what is, do you know the name of his band, Matt? Dogstar. Yeah, they've done like big shows and stuff. So he's serious about I've music. I've seen them. They're... they're He's pretty good. Yeah, he can actually play. Like yeah. I was surprised when I that saw music is his first love. I guess his main his thing. Like, you know, what I just realized. I just realized I still have my mask around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> 
People were like, why is Shane wearing a turtleneck? It's the middle of the summer. Uh, anyway, so they showed off some of the behind the scenes stuff, working on the music. Um, and really my big takeaway from that is that they're taking the music just as seriously as every other part of this game. It is really just shaping up to be something special. Um, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I am ready. I think there will be one more Night City Wire before they release the game. I'm um, not sure what they'll include in that, but at this point, I'm with you, Matt. The only reason I started watching this stuff is because I needed to for my job. Yeah. Otherwise, I probably would not have checked it out because I, I'm already excited for it. I don't need anything else to get me there. So my guess is a lot of you guys are the same way. You probably already have pre-orders for Cyberpunk 2077. But for you fence sitters, we're going to keep talking about the game because it is probably going to be the biggest release of 2020, if only because it is multi-platform and it has all the hype behind it. So... Cyberpunk 20, is it September 4th? Is that when it comes no, out? That's Avengers. This thing that's comes Avengers. out in November. Oh, that's right. That was, its original date was then, and now it doesn't come yeah. out in November. So we're it was April, get, then it was September, and now it's November. Yeah, so we'll probably get more than one uh, Night yeah. City Wire before the game comes November out. November 19th, I think. Okay, yeah, so we'll probably get more. Um, yeah. And I'm also wondering now if that is the release date of Xbox Series X. I don't think so. I think Xbox Series X will be a few days earlier than that. Okay. Well, they, they did announce my bet is, in November. Yeah, but my bet is that Xbox launches alongside Assassin's Creed, which is the 17th. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that's Cyberpunk 2077. Night City Wire 2 will be back when we get Night City Wire 3. Next up, we're, we're on a roll with this game, Matt. They're, they're doing hmm. a good job marketing this game at this point because they're forcing us to have it in Game Face pretty much every week, and its release is coming up yes. really soon. So, and as we know, as goes Game Face, so goes the world. <laughs> so. Well, when I say Game Face, what I really mean is <laughs> all the podcasts. Yeah. I mean, everyone's doing it. Yes, everyone's all, covering all the people. Yes. All the people. So many people. <laughs> everyone's covering it, and I we're right. I don't know why I made them. a blur reference there, but okay. <laughs> Here we and uh, and so anyway, this week. A closed beta launched for Marvel's Avengers, and Matt and I both got in on it, and I was shocked at how much was there. Yeah, like, it's it's robust. Like, they gave you a crap, lot of game to man. play. It's like the game. Like, I thought, honestly, before I started playing it, I didn't really read much about it. I just got it and downloaded it and started playing it. I really just thought it was going to be the same demo that we had seen a couple times the opening of the game and the battle on the Golden Gate Bridge and all that. And it does start that way, but you finish that mission and then there's another one. And then there's another one. And then you get tossed out into what I guess is what the real game is going to be. I am confused on this, Matt. To be oh, perfect. sort of. It's not the real game, but okay. it's the... It's the it's basically what you'll be doing when the campaign is over. Okay. I think that is how I phrase it. makes me way better. Way better. the campaign better. just stops after the initial mission to uh, try and find... not You don't even find Tony. You find a way to find Tony. Yeah. Um, so the, the campaign part of this after the... Uh, actually, even before, is missing tons of stuff. Like, there's tons of cutscenes missing. There's, like, there's no stories set up. There's no stuff that happens in the, in the five-year interim to set it up. There's no, nothing that tells you how 
Kamala finds uh, uh, Bruce and they go on their little adventure. Like it's very bare bones. Like the story is yeah, still the there. Battle the ends and then it just cuts to five years later. And Miss yeah. Marvel is walking through the woods, like it, Bruce, it's, and like Bruce. they t- and they talk about some various things that clearly happen. Like and that's yeah. somewhere in there is where the scenes from the trailer where they're in the car and he, she's annoying him happen. Yep. And then later you do you suddenly at the end of that mission um, suddenly you have your own helicarrier. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I think we definitely missed something there. Yeah, definitely. And then like there's a whole conversation where he tells tells her that like, hey, what you did back there that was that took guts. And I'm like, she didn't do anything. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, clearly there's something we missed in the in yeah. The, the, the beta jumps around, um, which, which is, is good. I like that it leaves some things for the final because yeah. then I won't feel so annoyed replaying that part because there's been more new stuff to see. But it confused me though because I'm just I'll just be honest. I'm going to say it right off the top. I really enjoyed this game until Mm -hmm. they gave me the war table and then sent you out into the open world to just do your thing. And that to me was where I was like, if this, I was afraid, honestly, that like those first really polished missions were like what you were going to play, but then you get to a certain point and you get the war table and then it changes into this other thing that I hated. So no, I, think, I am very I think the, happy to hear that the that campaign is, not is still the, case. the campaign will still have the polished stuff. I'll go the other way and say that it wasn't until I got to do the war table missions that I started really liking the game. Wow! Not because That's of great. what the I'm glad we have be, different impression. Not because of the what the war table missions are because they are pretty by rote, like nonsense, really. Uh, but because when I so when you fin you you're forced to play as particular characters in the campaign, like you start as Hulk and then eventually you transition to Ms. Marvel, and then once the war table opens up, they give you uh, Black Widow and Iron Man as well, without any story justification for how you find them, and then yeah. you can go in and play those missions as whoever you want. And it and I, I so this is funny, because like all my impressions of how the characters are going to play and how I'd like them from the, the demo that we saw, you know, the Golden Gate demo mm-hmm. from last year, all opposite of what I actually like when I actually got my hand. Because Hulk <laughs> looked like you the, like mo- the most? Hulk, uh, Iron Man, and Black Widow. Okay. Because um, Hulk looked the most like himself in that demo. I'm like, okay, that's the Hulk. I get it. I, I get the Hulk. The Hulk is the worst character in the game to me. Like, I am so bored playing Hulk. I actually really like Thor in that brief par- period you play him in the, yeah. in the early part. I really like Captain America, but of course you only get to play him in that one section. You don't get him yet in the camp, you know, in this... Iron Man, so I picked up Iron Man because I do just love Iron Man. And I played uh, the first things I played were those the the like the, the, the holodeck VR stuff. Yeah, the holodeck thing because when you finish those, you get that's completing the beta. You get like the bonus yep. nameplate or whatever for the final game. And so I wanted to do that before I did everything else and burned out on it. Um, so I did, did that, and by the third one of those that I had figured out like a bunch of cool combo stuff with with Iron Man. I'm like, oh, this combat system's got some some like depth to like there's it some does. shit in there yes. like i was, I was doing like tw- pleasantly I was get- surprised by i was this getting game. like 15 16 hit juggle combos off with yeah. iron man by the third one i'm like okay there's some st- like crystal dynamics did do it they i was did pleasantly surprised by this game to put it yeah um, it, i was not that. ready for that shit i was no. i was i am very pleasantly surprised as well like i suddenly because i was worried because i bought the game so i could have access to the to this beta i'm like oh, i mean i'm sure it's marvel so i'll just power through it if it's not very good but like i really enjoyed this so did i i really really liked it until blown away the war table shows up and free you guys are probably like what the hell is a war table what are they talking about it's basically this table in the middle of the ship that you go to to launch your missions from 
And when you play the first three missions of the beta, they just go one after another. And then you get a cutscene where you get on the ship and there's the war table there. And yeah. then you start using that for missions. Think of it as the uh, as the solar system map in Destiny. Yeah, that's like a good that's way to put it. That's literally what it is. It's the director from Destiny. And I'll explain exactly why I really liked the first part of the game, and I, then I disliked it after it became kind of this open-world, generic kind of Destiny thing. And that's because the campaign missions are built around the characters. So Hulk... He can jump. Well, I actually really liked Hulk, Matt. I'll just be honest with you. I really liked playing as Hulk, and he was. I found maybe him. A, I just favorite. found him a little fragile. Uh, I mean, and part of that was because I didn't understand how the rage thing. Well, I worked, mean, we're but... going to get to all that. The the you have to suspend disbelief in this game a lot. Like you have some puny little dude standing there with the shield, and Hulk smashes him, and he just <laughs> like stands there and blocks it. Like that's absurd. So there's all kinds of little stuff like that. But anyway... It's very gamey. It is. But one thing I really loved about Hulk is he can jump so far. And mm -hmm. I just had fun in the open world just jumping across the open world like he would do in the comics or in animated films or whatever. I had fun just doing that, just springing and just having him jump. But it's also built into the level design because he can like cling to walls and then he can jump off a wall. And when he jumps off a wall, he literally jumps like 400 yards. So... The platforms are set up 400 yards apart. You couldn't even complete that stage with any of the other game's characters. So most of the Iron levels Man. are built around... Iron Man could, yeah. But most of the levels are built around the specific abilities of each of the characters. And I loved it. It made... To me, it made each character shine mm -hmm. inside the campaign. Once you get out into that open world stuff with the war table, though, nothing is tailored for any specific character. And it just becomes these generic go to this location, kill everything here, or defend this zone. Don't leave the zone, though. Did you treat any of those missions? Yeah, I did a couple of those. Like, They're awful touchy they, about getting outside the zone and yeah, failing. Yeah, they, like, they don't like it when you leave the area. No, like, you sure don't. They sure I mean, don't. And like, I, that stuff is not, level design-wise, is not especially inspired, obviously, but I do yeah. like that it gave me a chance to sort of just sort of get in the groove with whatever character I was using yeah. um, and play whoever. And, and that's the thing is like, as, as long as there's still, in the final game, as long as there's still a campaign to follow in addition to all those like satellite missions, like I can totally see like, okay, I want to go to the next, next campaign mission. I got to play uh, Thor again. But I think I want to go play a little Iron Man just in this this one mission over here and get a little Iron Man in. And then I'm going to go back over and play play the story mission. Like, like I think I think I can get into like having the war table like freeform missions like peppered in alongside the campaign stuff. Especially as long as and because look as long as, as soon as the campaign's over, I think that's those missions are what you have to play for you know. And there will be probably be events. Yeah, I mean and that's world the game is a service part of the game. Yeah, yeah, and there's raids and stuff like that. And I you know maybe there'll be campaign. I'd love to see um when they put a new character out that that character gets like two or three campaign missions to great, like kind of tell their story. If they're as know? good as the ones that I played, I would absolutely love it. Um so that I think that I hope they do that. That would be a, a nice way to sort of like you say as get get some missions tailored to that character's ability set because like also it teaches you how to use them. Yeah. Um, which is a nice thing, and uh, you know, I, I know they did some data mining, and there's a bunch of there's a bunch of what look like what I guess you'd call them Echo fighters. So they're going to be modifications of existing fighters. So like you've got they, they had they found Kate Bishop, who is the 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 new Hawkeye. Um, so an Echo fighter of a DLC character. Uh, we got, um, <laughs> she Hulk. Uh, oh, okay. She who, who would presumably be a bit of a modification of the Hulk, uh, and then uh, War Machine. Who's you know, again what modification of uh, Iron Man, and then I think Black Panther and Captain Marvel are also coming. 
Okay. Um, who would probably be brand new characters, and I can get behind a lot of that. Like, I'd love to see individual things like that. They, I do. My main thing with the campaign is I hope that it expands out a little further, and that Aim is not the only bad guy, because yeah. I find Aim really boring. And I've we talked about this early, like you know, yeah. in a previous show about how like Aim is sort of the starter bad guy in almost every Marvel story that involves yeah. them. Like, there has so to be maybe someone he is just the starter, you know? Yeah, like so there has to be someone more interesting behind Aim. There's always someone more interesting behind Aim. <laughs> so we'll see what that what that leads to. But like I. I am shocked by how much I like this. See, this is why, people, you know, we talk about all the time, like, don't make up your mind on a game until you're playing the final version. Mm. In a lot of cases, when I run editorial, I will not let editors preview a game if I know that they're going to handle the review because I don't want them to play broken preview code and have it taint their opinion of the game when they go to review the game. That was our policy at Game Trailers the entire time I worked there. And this is why. Because it's very easy for people to watch a trailer and be like, that looks bad, or this blah, 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 and everyone to get sour on a game until you actually have a chance to play it. And this has been a 180 for me on this game. I am yep. really excited to play this game. I, this is not BS. I, I am mm -hmm. really excited to play this game. Like, I, I played it for a couple of days and playing. I kind of stopped because I'm like, I don't want to... I don't want to blow it. I, wanna, I don't want yeah, to burn I wanna, out on it. I, I seriously, and the beta gives you so much. It's a so lot. look. If we're changing your mind on this game and you're like, I'm a big Marvel fan and I wasn't going to buy it, but now maybe I am, pre-order it because I'll tell you that beta. Or, or wait until the 24th when the beta's for everybody. Right, yeah. Like, wait That's until true. the 24th, play it when the beta goes live for everyone and see if it changes your mind too because I, I, I wasn't like as down on it as you, because I'm like, I'm a little more forgiving about shitty Marvel games because look, that's been my whole life. <laughs> like, like, they're all like that almost. Um, but like, I am... Very pleased by what I played in this. Like I, I don't regret that pre-order now. I might, you know, who knows if they can sustain it through. You know, those first two levels in a lot of games are the best levels. That's you know, true. We, we know that. I mean, but look, like, they I could have like, just put the best levels in the beta to get people to buy the game. So, yeah, but, I, I but again, like that's why you wait till the final here. version. <laughs> but like, I, I would like to play Thor again. I want to play uh, Captain America. And the only character I didn't really enjoy was Hulk. Um, Interesting. See, I, I thought just, a lot I of just, the brawlers felt the same. Like. Captain America, and like I like Iron Man because he has the the X factor of flight, and I did like mixing up kind of his hand beams with the melee mm -hmm. stuff. Well, I think Iron Man's my favorite by far because of that. He's because he's he's, he's aerial, you can dive down, you can slam, you yeah. pop people up. You, I mean, and also because he has a clear role in a multiplayer team. Like we would start the you know if I played a couple co op things when it, when it worked. That, yeah, it never worked. Rough. No, I never right got now. to play co op, Matt. I, I got could two never matches in. Get a game ever. I got two co-op matches done. At least 30 times. It would and that's a that to me is a big red flag. Because we're yeah. a month away and their net code is a disaster. Well, right hopefully now. that's one of the things they're testing. I uh, sure I mean we'll it see. is, obviously, but man, it's broken. It's straight yeah. up broken. It was so it was not big, good. And uh but I did get two games in. One of them was the, the top you. level hollow hollow deck match. Mm -hmm. Uh harm, I guess they are, whatever. I don't know, Avengers terminology. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, but like you know, as those waves would start, like, you know, my, I was Iron Man, so my job was to fly up and deal with the aerial guys. And yep. like and after that was done, I'd see who was in the most trouble and dive down and slam them down and do all that stuff and there's you mm -hmm. know, calling the Hulkbuster. I mean it's it's great. It like, really it's great. Is. Like, <laughs> I, I really, really it, it works. Yeah. It felt like Iron Man when I'm Black Widow. It feels like Black Widow. And Black Widow, by the way, I think is a preview of how Spider Man's going to play. Probably. She's got her grappling hook and she, yep. not, not with a gun. So he'll shoot webs. Yeah. But, like, um, I think she will be something of a, re uh, he will be something of a reskin of Black Widow. 
Uh, the other thing we should mention too is, and some people may like this, some people may not, is that really every character is viable. So you think about yeah. Hulk, you're like, oh, he's just a melee guy. He doesn't have any projectile attacks. Wrong. He can pick up ground and literally throw yeah. huge <laughs> chunks of the ground. And um, he's got yeah, a lot of variety on that once you once you get him once you skills upgraded. put into things. Like yep. all the skills, I never felt like anything I upgraded was meaningless. Me either. Like it all really had a use at some and point. And there's basically two things that you upgrade. You upgrade your skills, which are basically just new attacks. Yeah, and I think I think it's a limited skill tree in the in the beta. Like the, oh, okay. it's not everything. It's still pretty what big. I understand. What's it's in still there a lot. Is big. But there's, I mean, by the time I was done with like most of the missions, I had all of Iron Man's skills max. I mean, I, there's yeah. gonna be a, there's more trees to things apparently. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree yeah. with that. And then there are four gear items that you upgrade, yeah. and those are very minuscule upgrades generally. There's a loot system with all this crap that you pick up. I honestly mm -hmm. have not even wrapped my head around it fully. To understand how it works, I did not. I did pick up one purple that like changed how he played. Like, yeah, there's it boosted, very, it, yeah, yeah, it boosted him to the degree. I'm like, oh, this the repulsors like do double damage. Yep. That there are some so all of a sudden it was get. a different game. Yep, that immediately in, influence your character in positive ways. Um, but I'll just fully admit, I do not have my head completely around the loot system in this game. There's there's loot everywhere that you're collecting all the time, like mm -hmm. in most games. But I'm, I really can't pontificate on it all that well. I never really understood it and never really got to mess with it that much. Yeah, for instance, the the footage we're seeing right now, this is not in the beta. Like, you don't get to play this mission in the beta. I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Um, and the other thing, too, so I said that, you know, Hulk has a projectile attack. Like, so does Miss Marvel. Like, every mm -hmm. they've figured out a way for every character to have a projectile attack. Miss Marvel, her arm just stretches all the way out yep. until she, and she punches people, like, 100 yards away. Like She's a lot of fun. She like, I like is. Her. I once I played as her, I told, remember back, like, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, I'm like, why in the heck is Miss Marvel the poster character for this game. And now that I've played it, and I've played a bunch of characters, I totally get it. She's awesome. Her attacks are so freaking cool mm -hmm. and so fun. Dude, the animation for her is just... That's next yeah, I oh, I was not ready for how good this game looks. That is like, some next this level is a animation. Turnaround after from last year. Like I mean, it's, she more. It's like when she punches, like her fists are real big, and then they stretch out, and then they get mm -hmm. big at the ends. Like... And then she, her alt is she grows into like a giant, and like mm -hmm. all this is happening in real time. Like that is that's hard, hard work. Um, I, again, they have the personality right. She's face. also a really good point of view character because she's an Avengers fan, and that's the way she is in. She's in a comics fan too. girl. That's the whole funny thing. And like she's like, of, she's like yeah. telling Bruce about the fanfic she wrote about the yeah. Avengers, and that happens in the in the comics too. There's a great issue where she teams up with Wolverine and spends the yeah. whole time telling him about the fanfic she wrote about him, and he really doesn't want to hear any of it, and it's funny. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great lines. There's a little. There's you know Tony's good too. Like one time when you when I summon the Hulkbuster, he says he says, "Oh yeah, busting makes me feel good." And he's like, <laughs> that's a song. It's a song. Everyone, look it up. Look it up. Like it's that's good. It's the, um, it's, it's well done. Like I I uh, I have to admit that I called a lot of this wrong. Like Crystal Dynamics came through. Even the moment to moment punching. It's fun good. as hell. I loved it, man. I really had a good time with this game. I don't do complete about faces on games no, like hardly no. ever, but I am fully willing to admit I'm doing it on this one. I'm hoping to get you guys mentally back on the right track to give this game a chance because you absolutely should. Yeah, it's not going to change everybody's mind, but like it's it's good. I just said like, give it a chance, right? Yeah. And I think if they do, yeah. a lot of people are going to be very pleasantly surprised, just like we were. I mean, it's so. still a game as a service. Like, you're, if you're if that's yeah. your problem, then that's you're not going to get past. It's not going to change. But yeah. like, 
it's fun. Like it's, yeah. it's fun to play. And like, it might be fun enough for like, you know, some people who aren't, who just kind of like are about game as a service stuff. It might be enough to overlook that. I would also say that this game is far above and beyond your typical like yeah. cooperative beat em up. Um, it's not just like another Marvel Ultimate Alliance or whatever. It's far more than that. Mm. Um, and I think that's another thing I think people just assume is like, oh, it's just like Ultimate Alliance. I can get that on Switch or whatever. Yeah. Like it's it's it goes beyond those games. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a, obviously some kinship to it because it yeah. is sort of a like that it's kind a of cooperative beat em up. Cooperative beat em up, Diablo ish sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think these characters in this are differentiated between far more than Ultimate Alliance. Like Ultimate Alliance is basically uh, you're the same character, but you have different special moves. Yep. These guys play different. The, com- oh, the specials you, in this are amazing as and well. You can, you, look up com- them, you can look up combo videos uh, already on YouTube of this thing, and people are all already finding some Working. pretty crazy stuff especially yep. with iron man and black widow black widow's got some juggles that you would not believe in this game yep so i haven't anyway. got, I not wrapped my head around black widow's fighting style yet but like there's there's some real stuff in there yep so there you go uh, both matt and i i didn't and i'll be honest matt and i did not discuss this before the show no at all i didn't even ask him what he thought of the beta nothing like i just found out that he liked it as much as i do right now live on game face so there you go two people coming from different places joining together with the same opinion that's pretty powerful and certainly very different very different approaches in terms of fandom of the material absolutely and i think that's a good sign too Mm -hmm. you know you're obviously far more into marvel and comics than i am and we both really really enjoyed the game so Mm -hmm. there you go marvel's avengers coming soon Check it out, people. You may want to follow this one on the site because I have a feeling a lot a lot of people just like us are going to have their minds changed. Yeah, suddenly I'm really looking forward to September 4th. And Me I too. was not before. I am pumped up, man. Absolutely pumped up. All right. We're going to move on. We're going to talk next about Venn. Um, obviously, Venn is one of the gaming TV networks. Uh, it just launched this week. Uh, G4 next year. Venn already live. As we said earlier in the show, Venn is not on TV yet. Um so if you have DirecTV or cable or what or Dish Network, you're not going to find it anywhere there. They're trying. And right now, probably the closest thing that they have to TV is that they're on some over-the-top services. Um, and they're not the popular ones either, I would add. <clears throat> so they're scratching and clawing, trying to get distribution. Uh, that's very common for any new outlet like that. I remember working at Tech TV. We talked about distribution almost every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was why G4 or Comcast bought Tech TV. Yep. Just to merge it with G4 so that the audience could they grow. Want, they and, wanted our 20 million homes. Yeah. Well, I thought it was 47 million we were in. The Might have been. We were in 20 extra. And when right. they merged us together, that's how many they got. Basically. Yeah. And ultimately, yeah, that, it was like 47 million homes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then is not that. Right now, it's pretty much just a channel that streams live on YouTube and Twitch and things like that. Um, Matt, how much time did you spend with Ven in its launch week? Um, like actively paying attention to it? Probably yeah. like a couple hours. Yeah, I've actually had it running in a tab like the whole time. So I switch back to it and look once in a while. Um, I've kind of, I've watched like the premiere, sh- most of the premiere shows when they happen. Uh, um, and then like, I haven't paid a lot of attention the last few days because they went into like full reruns on Sunday and they're, they're, the, today is the first day of new content again which strikes me as a, an odd choice for the first week of your new network thing. Like, yeah, you should have had all your you should have had a full week of broadcasting ready for something. Sure. Like it's yeah. and maybe you're burning through episodes pretty fast that way, but like you got to get people to I pay mean, attention. And so here's the thing. How I how I consumed Ben this week was 
I didn't really watch much live. I would go and check out the live feeds to see the audience, to see how big the audience mm -hmm. was. And then I just went to their YouTube channel and just watched the archived episodes of their shows um, when I had the time to. So, I did watch, I mean, I didn't see a lot of stuff live, but I saw like reruns of them live, quote unquote, because you know, they rerun everything. Mm -hmm. And then I saw, um, I saw Look, uh, Looking for Gains live and I saw the Sushi Dragon show live. Um, that's about all that I can remember. And I can't remember the names of all the panel. Like they do like the news show where they do the, the opinion things and they do like the, 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 the high key, low key, no key excited thing, which is almost what we do with the thumbs up, thumb, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, it's pretty standard stuff, but like it's, uh, it's mostly just sort of like my curiosity of trying to like get to know the, the hosts, you know, the, 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 the personalities. Um, surprisingly a little gaming, going yeah. on um that's like, really the crazy part very little game anything every time no. i flip over there it was not games no although one time i flipped over and uh, they were playing dive kick which was fun oh. um i like dive kick but like clearly no one had ever really heard of it before so it was kind of like people fumbling around <laughs> Interesting. like and at one point somebody accidentally pressed the playstation button and it took a shocking amount of time to get back to the game. <laughs> I, I, and I'm like, yeah, these are PC gamers. I get it. Yeah. yeah. But, um, it was, uh, but it was pretty fun because Dive Kick is a bizarre sort of like almost gimmick comedy game. And like mm -hmm. people that if you've never played it before, you can beginners luck your way into some pretty big victories. And uh, that indeed is what was happening. And it was, and it was entertaining. It was entertaining to watch them actually play games and interact with each other. That doesn't <laughs> happen enough. No, I did not. I did not see that. I did watch some Let's Play stuff, but it was two girls sitting playing like a puzzle game or something, mm -hmm. and I was like, I watched it for like ninety seconds. Sometimes they're just like drawing. And yeah, like some, like some, they did that for a while. Um, what was the oh, what was the other thing? Um, well, I, I mean, we can just now. talk about their shows. I mean, they yeah. have a workout show, which to me, I. <laughs> It, I, I think look. I think the workout a decent workout. I think the show? working. I think the workout show is the best show on the on the thing. <laughs> like I, because it it knows what it is. The hosts are good. Yeah. It it has a purpose. Like it gets there. It does says what it does. It does what it says. And like I was mildly entertained watching them do that. Like I mean, it's an hour, uh, which is a little long. That's like, if you're, way if you're long. Not working out. Um, <laughs> but like. I got it. Like I, you know, Austin's good. Uh, Mighty Mouse is a good co-host. Like it's, it's a workout show on a gaming network. Well, here's the thing. I think I don't. I we we did talk about. Are they trying this to a guilt bit. gamers into um, getting into shape. No, like, because because well because look, man. Like go to go to gaming forums and gaming. Like gamers are not fat couch potatoes anymore. Like people work out. They do. No, that. I get that. Like, but I, dude, you, I, there's like a billion free workouts on YouTube. Sure. Like I just don't. There's no reason for this at all i think it's because it's easy to make yes like that's it is easy I mean, to produce you just shoot somebody a, yeah. working out and talking so now, look in a, in a full schedule of, of a gaming network of a, of a gaming network that's fully fleshed out in terms of like actual content on like eight to nine hours a day like i think a once a week workout show is a pretty good inclusion i I, you know, I don't see any problem with like encouraging some kind of physical activity in in the context of that especially if you're recontextualizing it as gaming stuff which they do to some degree if you're dealing if the people hosting it are gamers which they are like there there's something there the concept is not inherently flawed um i do I will think never that ever watch it <laughs> i do think that uh well there's plenty of things on these networks i would never ever watch but that doesn't yeah. mean there's not someone to watch them 
Um, well, I, that's but the I, big question. Is there someone to watch? But I think, that, I think what I'm saying is like, I don't know. If, I know it's easy to produce, but I don't know if this is a first wave show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times when you launch a network, you, you're right. You put, out, you put out shows that are easy and cheap to produce. And then as time goes on, you start to wean off of those shows and launch shows that make more sense for the demo. Mm -hmm. um, to me, that show makes no sense whatsoever. And the, and the other show that I actually did watch a little bit of live, that makes, to me, even less sense just in general, is porn star Sasha Gray hosting Gray a relationship area. advice show. Call me crazy, but getting relationship advice from a porn star probably isn't the best idea. Uh, I will call you crazy because I know several porn stars and their relationships are just fine. But uh, it's, it's a weird, again, it's another weird choice in the sense that like, is, an, is a... Is a an advice show I, I would just say this. a gaming network I, I would not want you know what I mean have, I don't have kids but if I did I would not want my kids getting relationship advice from a porn star I will say that like that makes it <laughs> I mean saying. do you not want cooking advice from a firefighter like as he sets <laughs> fires like that I I think you're being like a little weird about the sex worker thing there uh, but I like, think you're being protective of sex workers. We'll call it even. <laughs> uh, I am, and I will not apologize or. Say I didn't that's say weird. you had to. Like, I'm just saying the last person I would go to for relationship advice is Sasha Gray. Period. Well, Period. that might be if if you want to say that about Sasha Gray, fine. But because she's a porn star, that's a different statement. Well, it's part her and part of. Well, I don't even think she's even a porn star anymore. Her old vocation. Um, mm. Look, I get it. I, I mean, know that was, porn is far more professional than people give it credit for. And the people also, she was in a long-term relationship for 13 years. She does know something about making something like that last, even in the context of being a porn star yeah. during it. How to make your which, relationship last when you're banging other dudes all day. <laughs> Everyone can relate to that. Like, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I, I think that's dumb. Hey, if, if she if she can make that work in that situation, she can probably figure out if, like whether you should do the dishes or not. Like, <laughs> well, that's you know. the other thing is it wasn't working. The show was really boring and full of awkward pauses. And well, it, that is kind of part of the problem is that she is she has experience in front of the camera, but she doesn't have experience being a host. And they have right. that other guy who's sort of trying to mediate or moderate to some degree. And it's just there's no give and take there yet. Yeah. Um, that that show I think had the most like early I I I don't know what I I forgot the term now but it has the most like um like freshman jitters I guess I'd say yeah. it's it's the it seems like the one that they have they have the hardest like, yeah time we'll launch with. it <laughs> yeah like like it, like it, I've only seen the one episode I was because they only have one episode of everything except I think except until today they premiered some new stuff but like that one I almost felt like maybe you keep this as a pilot and don't air it. And maybe the next one is more is, is flows better. Like it felt yeah. a little proof of concepty. If yep, that makes I'd any agree sense. With that. Which again, is not out of the ordinary when you're launching a network. I no, mean, no. That's how I mean, stuff works a lot of times. You time. paid the money to, to shoot it. You might as well use it, but it was not the greatest first impression. Yep. Uh, just in terms of like how the show flowed, which I can't say the same for looking for games, which felt like the, the people on that show had a rapport that, that worked for me. Yep. Yep. And that that is the other thing I would say about the network in general. One is produced very slick. It looks great. Uh, the production's high quality. They've spent a metric ton of money on their graphics packages. But as I started watching the game-related shows that they have, the actual ones that are based on games, or at least are supposed to be based on games, I just 
wasn't getting any substance or anything of any value from them. Um, was I entertained? No. Um, I'll be honest with you that I'm not the demographic of this network. And no, I would, we, are, we are definitely not. And I would say that demographic is probably like the 12 to like 17 year old kid mm -hmm. uh, based upon the way everything's presented based upon the presenters. Yeah. Uh, I just don't quite, you know, I have, you know, I, I am related to a few people in that demographic and I talk to them and I, this thing is so slick and so corporate. And I don't mean in terms of the, the talent or the, um, or the show concepts and everything. I mean, the production, the production. I mean, the, the presentation, I mean, the, the, it the actually graphics. looks like cyberpunk 2070. Yeah. So it looks, like I mean, all the money, all the money's going into the, the sets and the graphics packages. Basically. Yeah. The sets are amazing. Like, well, they're, they're very expensive. I'm not yeah. a fan of all the sets, but you can tell that they yeah. spend a metric yeah. ton of money on the sets. Um, yeah, that is clearly where they're spending the money. Um, and like you can tell, but like that, that they have good editors. My, Their editors are really yeah, good. Editing's good. My question ends up being like, I know enough 12 to 17 year olds uh, that I'm like, they are not into this sort of super corporate slick thing. Like that I mean, is not is very, what they're after. I mean, it's very contrived hokey corny it feels like it feels very late model g4 to me Bad it feels jokes. like those last couple of years where they were trying to do all the interactivity thing and yeah i'm waiting Some for star trek 2.0 to pop up frankly like they did manage to find at least one person on each show that can read a teleprompter um yeah which is good. Uh, and they're generally the anchor of the show who kind of tosses out to everyone else. So yeah, I feel they're like not the, bad. Like that, I felt like the, the anchors one... were okay. The people on the periphery, though, yeah, those were the people you could tell. They're like, oh, you have 2 million followers on YouTube or, you, mm -hmm. or subscribers on YouTube or you have so many people on Twitch? Sure. Yeah. You, and sitting there, sitting there for eight hours in front of your game, chatting with people at random is a very different skill from sitting at a, at a, on a set presenting or you know being part of a panel or round table yeah uh, now they do have like the one opinion show has a pretty solid kind of anthony carboni alike guy uh who sort of like take you know handles the anchory job anchory job and like does a pretty good job with that um the question just becomes like who cares do you care like what, what <laughs> like, qualifies yeah, like, them to to you for you to even value their opinion well, most of them know. are like 19 to like 21 like you said they didn't know what dive kick was. They were lost when they hit the PlayStation button on the controller. Like that's just, that's not the type mm. of stuff that typically people who are presenters on shows like this would do. And there's just like weird things like, um, like at one point they were, I remember they were, it was right before looking for games was going to premiere, which is I think 7 PM our time. And it was like 6:45, and they're like, we're going to play some PUBG. And I'm like, there is no way in hell a game of PUBG is going to be over in time for a seven o'clock premiere for looking for games. And what happened, what it, what it turned out to be is they played a four player death match custom game. Because everybody like, does that when they Has play anyone PUBG. ever done that before? <laughs> it's like, the first time that mode was ever used. <laughs> and I'm, I, it was just such a weird way to present weird. that. I was like, yeah. what is the point at that, at that? Yeah. So uh, to me, like there's not much of a voice on the network. It's just kind of this collection of flashy graphics mm -hmm. and young people talking about pop culture. I it guess really, a lot of it feels like that Steve Buscemi, hey there, fellow kids thing. Like yeah. it's, it's I, I just think the lack of substance, it, it means it's never going to be successful. It's, it needs and to it's, have shows that have yeah. some value to them. And, the and biggest I think thing that is, is shining not through. 
in their viewership because... And the biggest thing is it's just not about games. Yeah, that's the biggest part. If you're going to call yourself a gaming network and there's hardly any game stuff, and, like, even when they do game shows, like, all of a sudden they'll start talking about, like, a TV show or, mm -hmm. like, there's just... It's just like everything was just put into a blender and they're just pouring out the drinks from the blender for each show. There wasn't a lot, to me, there wasn't a lot of uh, delineation between yeah. the different shows. Every show is like, hey, here's five or six people from 17 to 23 and they're just going to talk about everything. And then here's the next show with five people from 17 to 23 and they're going to talk about everything. Um, I, I just think that there's no voice on the network right now. I think they're going to need to get one. And it's not something you can just snap your fingers and that happens. You actually need like an editorial team there to do that, or at least an editorial leader in some way. Um, so a lot of the content was just vapid BS to me. I'll be honest with you, Matt. Like I felt like I was becoming less intelligent watching it a lot of the times. <laughs> I um, had a hard time telling the difference between a lot of the shows. Um, and I don't think I'm alone because Matt... When I went and watched that network live, they had like 600 viewers. Yesterday, yeah. I went on their live broadcast on YouTube and they had six, six. Yeah, I've been paying very close attention to the viewership, uh, probably more than anything else. Um, and it's, it's interesting, like they top out around 9,000. Uh, when big premieres happen, when the, when the shows premiere, they, they'll so pop up. People have actually like, made appointments to go and watch a maybe, show. Maybe, or that's the like, weird thing I, I don't know. See, because like one of the rules of thumb on these things is like Twitch is very easy to inflate viewer counts, both with botting and with uh, um, paid, uh, paid uh, hosting. Like you have other channels host your content and that like gets their viewers to watch you basically. Um, and one of the rules of thumb is like, go to YouTube because YouTube live is harder to do that with. Take the YouTube viewers, multiply them by five to 10 and that's your actual Twitch viewer count. Um, so when I was, would watch these shows, like they jump, you'd see it go from like, you know, there'd be like 1200, 1500 people watching and the instant it would change over to like the new content, it would leap to 7,000, 8,000 viewers. And then you look at the YouTube thing. It's still like a hundred people. Like they hover around 100 to 113 viewers on YouTube. It's really so bad. It's not great. I mean, like that's actually a fair, fairly good viewer count on Twitch for something that's a brand new channel that has no front page presence. But it's probably not what you're hoping for when you're spending this kind of money on this. Like if you're just a, a dude in a bedroom playing PUBG, like 9,000 in week one is fucking amazing. But if you're like a big launch thing like this, like I don't feel like that's good. And like you, you turn, tune in in the morning, like Sunday morning, you know, Sunday morning in quarantine, I pulled it up and there were like 150 people watching on Twitch. And it's I know bad. it was a rerun, but like that's not great. Yeah, so bad. it makes it's really bad, dude. Even nine thousand viewers for a, for what they're trying to sell as a gaming TV network. That's mm -hmm. awful, awful. I don't know how much money they spent on marketing. I'll say this: I have not seen hardly any marketing for it. No, it's mostly and, been social media retweeting and, look, and that. Google kind of thing. has me tagged as a gamer, believe me. So if they are marketing. Those ads are going to be targeted at me, and I've seen nothing. So that doesn't help. The fact that I haven't seen any ads for it, but again, maybe they're advertising to the 13 to 21-year-old, and that's why I'm not seeing the stuff. So I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. I They have a tough road to toe now um, because they came out of the gate with a whimper. They're going to need a big hit, or they're going to need to sign somebody. Uh, as we mentioned during when we were talking about the poll of the week, you know, just signing Ninja isn't going to just turn things around. Ask, ask Mixer about that, yeah. <laughs> you know? 
Um, he can drive some people, but he's not going to be able to buoy an entire TV network on his own. He's just not. So there's no magic bullet other than making great content. That's how you get out of it. That's how you fix it. And Did you watch the Sushi Dragon show at all? I just saw like maybe 10 minutes of it. I didn't yeah, think I, so. It's not my thing, but I feel like that could have breakout potential if they can kind of like streamline and hone it to the point that like it becomes something that has an identity um, beyond just being this guy's show. Um, I just wonder, like, I, like part of it is just like, like there's, there's some like nuggets of things in here, but like they're going to have to give it time to, to evolve. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how fast they're going to burn through their venture capital money, basically. Um, so we'll see how long this lasts, if it lasts long enough to kind of get some of these shows really off the ground. I mean, um, we talked about before that they do not have a gigantic war chest of money. I wouldn't think so. Um, and like, look, I've been ripping a whole bunch of my old discs of X-Play to, to my computer. So I, I don't have to worry about the discs rotting in a garage or whatever. And really the, the difference between like, even like early shows in the first couple months and the shows we did a year later, just night and day. Oh like, yeah. You need, I mean, you need dude, just like the fourth episode of X-Play yeah. compared to the first episode was like night and day. So yeah, you just yeah. need time to make these things gel together. And like, I don't you know. Hopefully Ven has the, the legs on it to, to let that time happen. How long Is do you it, think they last if they don't pivot? I really don't know. Like, I don't know what the it finances on how much on money they have. are. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I don't see any ads or anything, like, other than what they're serving. Well, most of the ads, well, they, that's the th other thing is, like, I don't know why there's so many ad breaks on this thing. I mean, I know eventually they want to have ads from people who aren't themselves. Right. But, like, right now, it's just ads for them. Well, probably because they're producing the shows now so that they, when they rerun them, they have right. those breaks that they can insert real ads into. It's just a lot. It's just it a lot of it breaks. It is. Yeah. It's I like agree. watching the Olympics. Maybe they've already figured out that we're going to need to run more ads than most TV networks to survive. I don't know. But you're right. They're way, way too frequent. Um, but look, I don't want to be completely down on it because there were a couple hosts that I liked um, mm -hmm. that I thought like they actually knew what they were talking about. Um, and I and I thought they were good yeah. hosts. I thought they were engaging. I thought they I think, were well spoken. I think most of the people that are on like kind of the daily news roundup show, like the, all of them, seem to know what they're doing. Seem to know what they're talking about, and their opinions were pretty solid. And they weren't afraid to. But that's the other thing is like, there I, I can see a lot of branded content happening on this thing to keep and that may be the play all along. Um, yeah, mean, but like, but they were not the the people on that show, the the download or the round, whatever they called it. Um, they were not afraid to speak their mind and be negative about things that they they thought were negative and like that. Uh, to me, spoke pretty well of them because like I, I don't know how I long also they, say they'll that be able cast to do that, looks like, the most like normal human beings. Like right. everybody else on this network, they all look like they've been like airbrushed in photo or right. in photoshopped or whatever. The people on that show look like real human beings. Some of yeah. them are actually like maybe in their thirties. Like, yeah, I, that was the show obviously that resonated the most. And I think for most people who enjoy games editorial, that's probably the show that they're going to gravitate towards mm -hmm. as well. Um, but look, I wish them well because it's, it's look, it's more jobs. It's our industry. Uh, growing when networks like Venn uh, launch. And I do wish them well. I think their launch is a little misguided. Um, I feel like they, maybe they talked to the wrong people before they launched mm -hmm. the network, but it's not too late to pivot and get it yeah, right. It, all, it also feels it. like it's run by people who are too old to be making these decisions. Maybe. Um, if, if I might get a little uh, into it on that, like that is... Um, you are never going to figure out how to reinvent the concept of a gaming network, whatever you want to consider that to be, by asking people our age and older what it should be. 
you have to hand the reins over to the the people in their twenties who are make who are making the content. And that was one of the problems G four always had too was like not listening to the people who worked there, who were the people who would be watching it if they weren't working there. Yeah. Like that happened a, all the time. It was the, the 60 year old execs that were telling yeah. us, no, that's a bad idea. It's like, bro, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. I remember one of the, one of the producers- and collect your salary. One of the producers there, uh, had, he had a sweatshirt, a custom sweatshirt he made that just said Target Demo on it. Yeah. And he, it pissed the executives off every <laughs> time he wore it. But because he was right. Because yeah, he was right. that's why it bothered him so much. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. They, they just wouldn't listen to it. I, I mean, that's a constant thing. Like once you get to be like high enough up and, and experienced enough to be making those decisions, you are too out of touch to make to, those to decisions. To actually make the decisions. Yeah, you're um, absolutely right. So, but, yeah. but hopefully at some point they realize that they need to start listening to the younger people. I mean, they have them all right there in front of the camera and I'm sure behind the camera too. Start listening to them. Or just listen to your viewers because my guess is like if you look at the comments like for these shows – there was oh, there was a few yeah. shills in there, obviously, who are people. Of course, that's but, the other thing is the for seven to nine thousand people watching, the chat was not active enough. Oh, really? For that to have that for them to have, which that shows many. you that whatever's happening in the content isn't especially compelling, mm-hmm. or otherwise people will be talking about it, or at least it's yeah. not getting or like, worked up. I mean, normally, even if, if the content isn't that compelling, you're at least going to have that many people in a chat are going to be complaining about it. So I don't yeah. know. Either it might be very heavily moderated. I don't know. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that's Ven. Uh, thanks again to everybody for uh, answering the poll. That was at least tangentially related to Ven. Um, probably won't come back to this one for a while because they need some time to figure it yeah. out. Um, and it wouldn't be fair for us to come back next week and be like, it's still bad. That's just not how it works. So maybe in a couple months, once they've kind of found their footing, we'll come back. But I do uh, suggest that you guys give them a chance. Um, they did not get like ven on twitch they're like ven watch on watch twitch ven. or something yeah. watch ven or something um if you want to give them a watch i do think they got ven on youtube though if you want to check out their stuff there so look these are our brothers and sisters they're making content about games and so i definitely wish them all the best but i do think they made some pretty big missteps out of the gate at least uh next up we're going to talk about Shane? sony's big state uh, yeah Shane, uh we forgot the ad for the Shazer. oh okay well, we can run it at the end it's fine okay um, next, we're going to talk about Sony's state of play. Um, before this happened, PlayStation, Sony said that the state of play was going to be all about PlayStation 4 and PlayStation VR. So I didn't even really tune into it live to watch it. I just tuned in live to make sure that we got all the curation done for all the trailers that were releasing. I just assumed it was going to be all like the last run of PS4 games and stuff like that. Turned out that that was not the case at all. Uh, while there was PS4 and PlayStation VR stuff in the show, there was also a bunch of PlayStation 5 stuff in the show as well. Um, so a pleasant surprise, I would say, uh, this this event that they had. I wasn't expecting that much from it, and I ended up getting a lot more than I thought. What do you think, Matt? Um, I mean, I watched it when it happened, and honestly... Uh, I forgot it happened until I saw it in the rundown today. Um, <laughs> well, it was in what? part because Last I didn't. Thursday. It was uh, yeah, in part because it was a long time ago. A week is an eternity uh, in this industry. It is yeah. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it was that much PS. I mean, it's like two major PS5 things in it. It wasn't it wasn't that crazy. I, I mean, didn't I was, think we were going to get anything. Yeah, I mean, because they said I, we I weren't getting anything. They said, well, I think the I read that tweet as more like you're not getting the price and release date. Oh, okay. like that, I, I, that's what I felt like they were warning you for. Like you're not gonna, you're not. This is not, not about big stuff. the console. You're yeah. not getting the stuff that you really care about because truth exactly. be told, 
the stuff that they show from PS5 was not the stuff that most people care about. No, uh, it is not. <laughs> Let's no, start running down through this stuff. Not. Uh, to me, maybe the most pleasant surprise of this whole thing was Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, this is the show of revelations for Shane. I've I've done an about face on Avengers, and I may be doing one on Crash Bandicoot because it doesn't look like a Crash Bandicoot game in a lot of ways. It still does have the running towards the camera stuff, and it is there is a lot of side-scrolling stuff, but it also has wide-open 3D platforming gameplay, like we should have got from this franchise a long time ago, although to be fair, it's been a decade since we got the last game. Um, so they are bringing it up to speed with what you would consider most modern 3D platformers while still having that crash kind of flair. I do hope that those levels where you run towards the camera, which I know is a Crash Bandicoot staple and some people love that stuff, I really hope that they just have a couple of those things in there just so they can say, yeah, we put it in there because it's a Crash game. I really hope the vast majority of this game is an open-world 3D platformer where the camera will sometimes switch to a side view, kind of like uh, Super Mario 3D World was for Wii U. Um, but it, it does jump perspectives a lot. And there's a lot of new stuff that's coming to this that was never in a Crash Bandicoot game before. Um, first of all, you have two playable characters, obviously Crash Bandicoot, but you also have Coco. And uh, Coco, you can play the entire game as. She's not a character that you get and then you play with her for like a level and then she goes away and you go back to Crash. You can play the entire game as Coco. Um, it is a direct sequel to Warped, which as I said earlier is about now about 10 years ago when that game was released. Warped? Um, it, Warped's a long time ago. Yeah. It's the direct sequel to that game as far as the plot and the story are concerned. Um, and then there's just a ton of brand new features yeah, that, as far as... Crash gameplay. Bandicoot Warped came out in 1998. Oh God, 22 years old? Yeah, it's the first. It's the first new game in ten years, but it's the, it's yeah. the first continuation of the actual original story since '98. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the first Been continuation of the plot in 22 years, which is just nuts. Because um, the GameCube ones like rebooted everything. I think. They did, yeah, um, and it does take place on Insanity Beach. No big surprise there. Um, and then there are a bunch of new gameplay enhancements that have never been in a Crash game before. Uh, you can run on walls. Uh, there are ropes that you can swing on. There are zip lines that you can zip along. Um, there are tons of skins and cosmetics that you can unlock. And those are not, you don't have to pay for those. They're all unlocked by uh, completing achievements inside the actual game. There's no, they said that there's really no post-launch purchases at all. So you don't have to worry about that at all with this game. And then there are masks. Um, and the masks give Crash special abilities. There's going to be four in the final game, but they only talked about three of them. Uh, one of them turned the world upside down or just made Crash kind of attached to the ceiling of the level. Um, what was the other one? Um, oh, you get slow time with another one. And they showed a third one that I couldn't even quite figure out what it was. And there's a fourth one that they haven't announced yet. So there are four different masks that you'll have that will give you special abilities uh, throughout the course of the game. Uh, what else? I think that's probably all the big stuff. Uh, there are other characters that you play as, but they're not like Coco. You can't play as them through the entire game. They're kind of what I mentioned before, where you play as them for like a level, and then you go back to playing either Co as either Coco or Crash. Uh, Neo Cortex was one of those. A Dingo Dial was another one. Uh, and then there's just all this bonus stuff. There's like, you can play the entire game inverted. It's like their take on a mirror mode. There are time trials. And then... Above all, the game just looks really good. Graphically, the animation, Toys for Bob, 
is doing a knock-up job on this It definitely game. benefits from not having to follow Ratchet. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have never liked Crash Bandicoot, but this might be like one of the first ones that I might enjoy. Um, I don't know so if I'll go that far, but I will say that, that the character has never looked better. Like, yeah. I find Crash is designed to be visually repellent, um, but, I, but I think this version of him looks pretty good. I think everything looks good. The game itself looks really, really good, and the animation is really great. Uh, they even talked about that in the trailer that they showed, about how they wanted to make the characters come to life as if they're in a Pixar film or whatever, mm. and they did a pretty good job, I think. So Yeah, I'm torn. I, I don't really care about this game because I don't care about Crash, but I do kind of want to support Toys for Bob Yep, because I like them, and I like, you know, those guys have been around forever. It's a, kind of a miracle that <laughs> developers still around. Like, those guys made Star Control um, like back in the day. And then they made uh, Skylanders, and I was definitely worried that they might go away when Skylanders went away. But uh, if Crash is the thing that kind of gets them through it, uh, I I kind of support that. Yep, I'm I'm going to give it a chance. I'll put it to you that way. I probably wouldn't have before I watched this. So there you go. Uh, next up, Hitman Three, but for PlayStation VR. Uh, we were talking. We're like, what's left for PlayStation VR on PS4? Well, they kind of reminded us with this, basically, that there's not much. <laughs> and hmm. Hitman 3 is coming to everything. It's coming to next gen. It's coming to current gen. It's coming to PlayStation VR. The final shot in that trailer is does did disturb me a little bit because it shows you creeping up in VR with, like, a Garrett getting ready to put it over someone's neck and, like, kill him and choke him. And I was like, ooh, okay. I can see where VR might actually enhance this genre a good bit. So um, I'm not the world's biggest Hitman fan. I'll just be perfectly honest with you. But I do think that this is a genre that could work very well in VR. And in all honesty, on PlayStation VR, there really haven't been a lot of stealth games. So no. this might find an audience actually on PlayStation VR. Maybe. Although like watching this footage, you have to imagine it like smaller, blurrier, and with a giant screen door over it. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, I mean, I, I am not a Hitman fan. I honestly can't stand any of the games until the last two like the like it, the last two because they reboot. became less trial and error yeah and they became yeah. more about like there's all these different ways you can do it creative like, ways and like yeah. we're encouraging you to do it we're kind of giving you hints and there's a little like you know there's a way to complete all the different things that you know there's a big checklist for every every level that kind of tells you all the things you can do and it's a kind of a puzzle it's a puzzle game almost now um a puzzle stealth game and i kind of dig that like I've, i so i really enjoyed hitman one and two uh, in a way that I've never enjoyed the Hitman games before. So uh, I will definitely play this. I don't know if I'll play it in VR beyond trying it in VR so I can talk about it here. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm always glad for more Hitman, and they are pretty generous about um, the continuation. Like Hitman 2, I think if you paid a little extra, um, you got all the the entire campaign of the first game, like, in Hitman 2, which is great. And like, if you wait long enough, you can get the whole thing for like nine bucks now for Hitman 2 and Hitman 1 all in one package, uh, yep. like in a sale last week or the week before. So um, that's pretty great too. So uh, it's amazing to me that, that IO Inter Interactive has, again, uh, another Toys for Bob situation maybe, but like they've made just Hitman for like 23 years and <laughs> still doing it, like still no getting thing. there. And They're they've been owned. Crazy having to do that same they've been game. owned by other people and they got away from being owned by other people and they got Hitman back with it. Like, you know, this, it, like I would absolutely, I would love to see like a, like a, um, like a big documentary on IO. Interactive. Oh God. Like, oh, how do you do it? <laughs> you work on know. the same bald <laughs> protagonist for 23 years. It's crazy. It really is. Uh, next up, 
The Pathless. This game has actually been a known quantity for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and it was initially announced, and it was, I think maybe it was just for PC when it was first announced. It may have been, they may have included PS4 in the announcement as well. No, it was definitely shown at, at Sony stuff. And then it, it's resurfaced, obviously, here. Um, and it is coming to PC, PS4, PS5, and Apple Arcade. So it's actually mm -hmm. added some platforms for its uh, showing in this event. Um, a, a recurring theme in this entire presentation was Breath of the Wild. There are two mm -hmm. games in this state of play <clears throat> that reminded me of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. This one, not as much as the one we're going to get to in a minute. Mm. Um, but this one is still kind of an open-worldy, action-adventure, bow-driven fantasy game. Um, but it does have some pretty unique gameplay mechanics um, that kind of caught my eye. There's a shot right at the end of the B-roll where they really kind of show off what you can do. Flight is a big part of the game, again, just like Zelda. Um, and it did kind of spark my interest a little bit checking this out. Um, but it's only the second look that we've got at it, and we haven't really got to see a developer walkthrough. So, you know, I'm going to hit pause on getting too excited about it, but I thought it definitely showed some promise. What, it is from the developers of Abzu, by the way. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's the Ab, that's giant squid, uh, yeah. I'm in. Like, Abzu was fantastic. So it whatever really they want to do here, like, they got my attention. The other this thing, looks too, really is Abzu cool. came out, like, four years ago. So Yeah, that was a while ago. So they right. have had, they've been working on this for a while. So the, the game should be high quality. Yep. And if you played Abzu, then you know atmospheric and all that type of stuff, it's going to hit the nail on yeah. the head. Absolutely. And the thing that got me, I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm already in because it's them. But, like, the uh, my favorite thing in this whole, the whole trailer presentation, whatever you call it, is where you clean the hawk. And yeah. and hug the hawk like yeah. so. Like, yeah, you let me hug the bird. I'm fucking in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yep, it's pretty great. Uh, so again, that's coming to PC, PS4, PS5, Apple Arcade. Uh, Just next, about everything. Pretty much everything. Well, no Xbox, no Switch. Uh, next, next up, Spelunky Two. Pleasant surprise. I was starting to get really nervous about this game because it is on my fantasy team, and we'll get to some of the fantasy stuff here in a second because there's another topic we're going to talk about that I think threw everyone's fantasy draft into a tizzy. Um, but anyway, Spelunky 2 is coming this year. It's launching on September 15th. It is a PS4 timed exclusive now, um, which is interesting. I don't know if they money-hatted those guys to get the exclusivity window, but it is coming first to PS4 and then launching for PC after that. And look, the truth is it will eventually probably be released for everything, probably even like mobile phones. So eventually everyone will get to play it, but it is a timed exclusive on PlayStation. That's kind of a big deal. Spelunky is a big game, um, and they, people have been waiting a long time for Spelunky 2. It has online multiplayer, which they also announced uh, during the state of play, which is a big deal. Um, I think this game is going to be huge. It'll probably be the best-selling indie game of the year. Um, and so it's not a small feat for Sony to get exclusivity on that. Um, but yeah, it's coming September 15th, so we only have like a, literally like another four weeks to wait, and we'll be playing Spelunky 2. I know Brent the architect of Sifted. It's literally one of his favorite franchises. So when we were doing the building of Sifted, and we were like creating placeholder images and stuff just to see what the site looked like, it was almost always Spelunky too. So I know Brent has got to be really excited uh, that this one's coming in about four weeks. Do you like Spelunky, Matt? Mm, hard I'm as fine. nails. It's too I'm hard. I'm fine with me. it, but I just don't. Yeah, it's, it's a little too repetitive for me. It's too repetitive. It's too hard. I I. I wouldn't say I bounced off it, but I never finished uh, the first game. So I'm guessing a lot of people may be like that because it does get nails hard eventually. At least mm -hmm. I think it does. Uh, like I was, I prefer, if I'm going to play like a weird nails hard sort of roguelike sort of thing, I'm going to play La Mulana. Oh, okay. 
Which is a little more Castlevania-esque. Yep, totally get it. Um, So anyway, Splunky 2, September 5th. Uh, Only for PS4, though. I don't think they even announced the PC date yet. So No, I didn't hear anything about that. So it might be that it's PS4 until the end of 2020, and then maybe in 2021. I think we're going to see more and more of those Sony timed exclusives. I think that's going to be a big, big deal going forward. The money hat. Mm -hmm. It works. Uh, Next up, so I was saying earlier about how the theme of this was uh, Breath of the Wild because there were two games that were Breath of the Wild clones. There is nothing more shameless a ripoff, in my opinion, than Genshin Impact. Um, You guys are watching the B-roll now. Just watch. It is, it's criminal how close this game looks to Breath of the Wild. Now, it's not exactly the same game. Um, Instead of playing as basically one character like you do in Breath of the Wild, you do have a party in this game. But otherwise, I mean... It's a shame that you can't sue for stuff like this because Nintendo would absolutely have a case. Like, even, like, the Moblins, like, all of it, the whole thing looks like they just were like, okay, Breath of the Wild sold, like, 25 million copies. Let's just make as close to the facsimile as we can without getting sued by Nintendo, and you get Genshin Impact. Now, to be fair, the game looks pretty awesome. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, apparently it's very good. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that it does rip off the look of Breath of the Wild, that sucks, but the game looks like it might be pretty dang good. So, Hot take, uh, I think it looks better than Breath of the Wild. I mean, it probably is. Because it's not on a Switch. Right, yeah, I mean, that's the side. doing the art style justice. That's true. I hate to say it, but it's probably true. Uh, But yeah, Genshin Impact, PS4 exclusive, um, it's really been under the radar this whole time. Yeah, it's 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 funny that like, I saw this game mentioned for the first time like two weeks ago, and then suddenly it's everywhere. Like, but you, it's, you know why that is? Is because now they're to the point where they don't have anything else. So mm-hmm. they're like, some of these but I, games that we but I saw people never like, put in a state of play are now going to be in a state of play. But also, this is a big game over there in in Asia. Like, yeah. like this is kind of like a Skyrim sort of. You know, you don't get like kind of open world adventure stuff from Japan or or Asia much. Yep. Um, and I even saw it brought up in a hey, I. I already played Skyrim three times and I want to play a Skyrim kind of game but like I can't find one what should I play and Genshin Impact was mentioned a few times Um, which is I think the first time I'd heard of it at all uh, outside of a couple of like lists it was on yeah, there's um, only, I think there's only like three trailers for it so far. Yeah, so it's not a lot so yeah. far. And a lot of times uh, they put out the trailers when they do like an event in Tokyo or something. Mm-hmm. It, a lot of times they didn't promote it in the West. So I so totally get it. I mean, it's, it's got my attention. Like it's, it looks yeah. interesting. Like I don't care. It if looks like Breath of the Wild. That's, that's well, I'm not going to hold that against it because yeah. uh, I don't care. <laughs> so like, yeah, like <laughs> you're yep. not enticing me with the Breath of the Wild look because I'm just sort of sick of Breath of the Wild at this point. But. Like, if you give me an interesting combat system and a world to explore, uh, I'll play Elder Scrolls online. This has got to be better than that. <laughs> so, you know. I think. Yep. Uh, next up, Anno. Let's see if I get the subtitle of this right. Mutationum. Oh, I uh, yeah, I think that's Anno right. Mutationum. I think that's how you say it. That's the goofiest subtitle ever, but the game looks really freaking cool. It's a cyberpunk metroidvania um and the art i love that they've done sort of a 2d interpretation of cyberpunk 2077 in a lot of ways although i'm sure that they developed this completely independent of that game and it's not they didn't do it on purpose but cyberpunk is cyberpunk like you don't yeah yeah it's an aesthetic you can talk to blade runner about that really that's true good point um yeah that's who everyone should probably talk to about that to be perfectly honest but 
It's um, it's a 2D Metroidvania. The the developers of this game are are very conscious of the fact that it's a Metroidvania because in these this trailer they really kind of show off like this is Metroidvania. They'll pop up the map every once in a while. Um, it, you can just tell that they're like, yeah, we want to make sure that when you watch this trailer and you get done watching it, you know that what type of game this is. Um, and look, I. I would probably agree with you if you said, you know what, I'm kind of burning out on Metroidvanias because it feels like at this point they represent like 30 to 40% of the indie market. Um, so I could hear you if you're kind of burning out on these and I could hear you also say, you know what, I'm just going to wait until a new Metroid game comes out. And if you listen to Matt, he's been telling you there may be one coming this year. So I could get that. Mm. But as far as these, this so genre... That Suicide Squad announcement. Yeah, mm. Nailed it. Mm. Yep. There you go. Final confirmation. Yeah, for three years. Yeah. If you've been watching Game Face, you knew that that Suicide Squad game was coming for three years. Just think about that for a second. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't think it would take game. that long, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> you got those tips real early, man. You were in there real early. Um, so anyway, I, look, I, I'm pretty excited for this game. Uh, there are a lot of Metroidvanias, but there really aren't a lot of cyberpunk Metroidvanias. And it does change things a good bit. So versus being some kind of a... Uh, fantasy metroidvania or whatever kind of setting you may choose yeah. i mean for me like the there are a lot of indie metroidvania stuff but like the cream rises to the top like i always have time for a good metroidvania um so if, if you know i will i will drop everything to play a bloodstained or uh, or something like that so um hopefully it turns out well like i like the look of it um but metroidvanias are all about the feel and the exploration so there's gonna be gotta be more than the look but i like what i see JM Rain making it rain again. What's up, brother? Thank you. I saw somebody else. I, I missed their name. It might have been Tiny2K who uh, gave out a bunch of subs that got us to the first yeah. level of the hype train. So thanks, you guys. We really appreciate it. Um, next up, Bug Snacks. The, mm. the game from the PlayStation 5 debut that that somehow has become like a thing since. Yeah, it's I think become a, a bit of, of a meme. I think because people just couldn't figure out what the heck it was, but now we do know what it is because we got the first game trailer, gameplay trailer for it, and they explain what it is. And it is a cross between... This is the best way I can describe it anyway. A cross between Pokemon Snap and Horizon Zero Dawn. Does that uh, blow would, your mind? <laughs> I don't see where the Horizon Zero Dawn comes in. But it's trapping. The whole I game guess. is about trapping. That's to all me, it is. See, That's to, to me... Yeah, well, yeah, but see, to me, it would—it's more it looks more like Viva Pinata with ghost traps from Ghostbusters. Like, it, I the hate trap, this the game. traps look just I, like the traps from Horizon, though. Like you set them up between two points, and they they, they run in between them, and they get snared. That's yeah, the whole but game. Horizon whole game did, is, Horizon didn't invent tripwires like that. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, yeah but I there would, aren't other games that have that mechanic other than Horizon Zero Dawn. I can't Hit think Man. of it. Can you? Hitman, like I, I, no, there are traps, traps like, like that, that where you wire up things between trees. Not between trees, but between objects like that. It's, that's anyway, a, that's, that doesn't tell me splitting anything. splitting hairs there, Kyle. <laughs> Again, it's you just, enjoy doing that. You enjoy re miscategorizing things. But like the whole game is trapping. That's yeah. all you do. You go to the island and you have to trap the critters. And a big part of the game is what kind of bait are you going to use to trap the critters? And um, legendary Pokemon. Yep, pretty much. I mean, it's, and again, Pokemon Snap, there's a big photography element to it. You're supposed to go out and photograph the bugs on the island. 
Um, and then it's pretty twisted too, because like you go back and like you've trapped these critters and then they, you like force them through this machine that like transforms them. Like the game is still pretty messed up and I'm still not a hundred percent sure what it does, but that's the base of it. You trap the critters on the Island and you take photos of them before you do it. And that's pretty much all I have on this game at this point. Um, it is a PS4 exclusive, I believe if I remember correctly, or I'm sorry, PS5 exclusive. But yeah, yeah, PS5. It seems to be, I mean, nobody else wanted it. I assume <laughs> that could be um, it too. It's from the developers of Octodad, which I never really got mm-hmm. either. To be perfectly honest with you, I know it was huge. It did really well. But I mean, it I makes a little more, Octodad makes a little more sense to me just because it has that kind of like, oh, the controls are bad on purpose. Sort of you're struggling with it because that's the comedy of it. Right. This looks like somebody went dumpster diving outside a rare and picked up like a discarded <laughs> design doc and made this. That's pretty good, Matt. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that's Bug Snacks. It, it's coming before the end of the year, so it is a launch game for PlayStation 5, so maybe you want to follow that and check that out a little more closely. Uh, next up, Vader Immortal for PlayStation VR. That game has been available for PC HMDs for quite a while. However, it is coming to PlayStation VR with some enhancements, and it looks pretty good. I was pleasantly surprised by how good it looks, but again... As again, it doesn't earlier, look like that in the headset. Yeah, it's, as you said earlier, put a screen door in front of it, and then yeah. maybe you have a better idea of what it really looks like. Um, I mean, it's cool, but like, don't ma- don't expect it to look like that. Like, that's a very idealized version of it. Even on PC, that's a very idealized uh, piece of B-roll. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Did you uh, did you play the PC version? I played an Oculus version when I was up for Christmas. It wasn't okay. on PC. It was like a, a Oculus quest i think it was i don't think it was connected to a pc it was fine it was fun like it's it's you know you're waving lightsabers around deflecting stuff hitting things it's cool like sure like i'll, I'll play it when it comes to playstation vr just because that's so i don't have to drag out my vibe right to play it. <laughs> it, well you have to drag out your playstation vr it's almost as big well, as it's, it's still mostly hooked up from iron man so yeah it won't be okay. that won't be that much of a of a, of a drag Yep. So anyway, this the game's pretty old, but they are adding some new stuff to it. So it might be worth checking out if your PlayStation VR has been sitting around collecting dust like mine has. Uh, next up, Control DLC, the all DLC. Finally, after all the pontification and the leaks and the rumors, we finally get confirmation that Remedy is rolling Alan Wake into Control and now the Remedy universe has been united inside one of its games. Um, are you excited for this, Matt? Uh, I was more excited before today. Why? Because of the announcement that they're going to charge people for the uh, next-gen upgrade for this game. Oh. So like, they're not... There's, there's going to be an ultimate version that has all the content in it. Oh, I and, see that. Yeah. And if you own that, you'll get a free upgrade to the PS5 and Series X versions. And if you don't, you don't. If you've already paid... If you paid full price at launch, if you supported them with the season pass, you get jack shit. So I don't think that's Remedy at doing that. I think that's uh, uh, 505 Games being stingy. They're a um, small publisher. I could but see. That is, uh, that is not a good look. Well, the other um, thing about it, too, is that that game was a huge reach for 505. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the biggest game by far. I mean, it's a game of the year candidate. And in a lot yeah. of cases, a game of the year winner. 505 is an indie publisher. It never publishes games like this so it was a huge yeah, they, make, risk. they publish abzu not this right and so it was a huge risk for them to do this my guess is they lost their asses on control because from the it, sales yeah that sounds about it did right. not sell very well and so my guess is maybe they're trying to recoup that some of the some of what they lost but 
Probably. It's just not, a, you know, it, at the very least, if someone like has the season pass, I think it should count. I agree. But, oh yeah, uh, absolutely, man. I get it. I, I I hear you. But I'm I'm just saying this is probably why they're doing it, even though mm-hmm. it does suck. I agree with you 100. percent But it's um, yeah, it's cool that Alan Wake is back. Yeah, we're talking about another game that just didn't should have caught fire and didn't. Yeah, Remedy, um, what's up, man? They yeah. make great games, but they never get what they deserve. Uh, I did think that the the, the trailer on this uh, it was very hard to tell the difference between it and the and the normal game. Yeah. Uh, other than the Alan Wake uh, voiceover. Yep. And um, the shot of him at the end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we knew that this was what that was. Just yep. you know, what else would awe mean? That's the Alan Wake experience. Yep. But uh, I'm interested to see what they do with it, with the kind of this cinematic universe thing. Because right now it's a cinematic universe of two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Like> this, <laughs> well, but, that, um, is Max Payne going to get involved? Well, no, because Rockstar owns it. All oh, right, he owns. They own it now. He can, they can't even do anything with it anymore. Yeah. Although it would be fun. It would be fun. Like you've got control with all this like paranormal shit and like you've got Alan Wake with all this supernatural paranormal stuff. And it's like <laughs> Max Payne just reveals like, oh, that's why he can bullet time is because he's like magic. Yeah, like, yeah. Demons That's how they have that. to explain like, it. Yeah. <laughs> now, Max, Max Payne himself is an anomaly that the control, the organization control has to go like contain. Yeah. Fun. Now, the other thing no, I would no. say is the control DLC so far has been pretty great. So... Mm. They have done a really good job on the post-launch content for this game. So even though you may have to pay for it, it may actually be worth the money, uh, particularly if you're a fan of Alan Wake. So I think it's great. I would love to see more developers do stuff like this. Um, Mm -hmm. But you kind of have to have it planned out way out ahead. It's not something you can just do on a whim or otherwise you're just kind of grasping at straws. So yeah. well, also like control, like tonally control and Alan Wake fit together pretty yep. well. Like they do it's not a huge stretch to think that they're in the same universe. Basically. Nope, not at all. It makes sense. Uh, next up, Temtem going next gen. So Temtem is a Pokemon clone mm-hmm. that we've talked about on the show before and it's really freaking good. It's mm-hmm. been available for PC for quite a while. It sold like millions of copies when it launched on PC. You want to talk suing? Yeah, <laughs> like I this mean, this is more, way more blatant. It I probably think. is. Yeah, um, but the crazy part about it is, is actually way more advanced than Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, as far as its connectivity and the stuff that you can do in the game, it's an open world game. It's it's like two leaps ahead of what Nintendo and Game Freak are doing with Pokemon right well, now. Well, it's it's what Pokemon should have been like two games ago. Exactly. They're showing Nintendo how to make the Pokemon game that should be being made right now. Um, but the shocker is that they've canceled all the current gen versions, console versions of this game, and they're just going to release it for PS5 and Xbox Series X, which to me, it seems like they're just leaving like literally millions of dollars on the table. Like I... I don't understand this decision at all unless they have been completely unable to get the game to run on current gen. And then I mean, that could be part of it. I think the main thing is like, this is a game that's going to have that has continual support and has continual updates and continual. And why I think this, I think they just want to concentrate on the next gen systems and not worry about updating the last gen systems for years. Now, Vincent is saying it's coming to switch. Are you sure it's still coming to switch, man? I don't know. I think Man, that might have been canned, bro. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'd be a little shocked Nintendo would allow that. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense because if the hardest project is porting it to Switch, it's way easier to port it to PS4 and Xbox One. I don't think and- it's about difficulty on that. I think it's about um, do they want to be locked into supporting these old systems for years? I think I think that's that's it. And the I Switch is obviously not going anywhere. So if you can't get it to run on the Switch, there's no harm in having to support that because it's not going to be a new Nintendo system for years. 
So I think that's the I think that's the key. I don't think it's about it can't run on the new systems, uh, current systems. I think it's like they don't oh, want to be stuck. Absolutely, can you can look at yeah. it? And see I don't it's think that, I, I think they just don't want to be stuck making Xbox One and PS4 patches for the next five years. Yeah, I think so they we'll see if the Switch version. I don't know. There, Vincent just posted a link saying it's confirmed. That makes no sense that you would make a Switch version and not a PS4 version. None. But well, it makes sense in this it, like what I just said. Like the Switch isn't going anywhere. No, I like, get that. But you got to realize there's like a hundred and some million PlayStation 4s out there. Right, but like, they don't want to have to be bogged down and making market. updates. That's what but I think. They're they doing would. it for Switch, Matt. That's my point. If they're going to yeah, do it for Switch, why wouldn't they do it for PS4? Because those are two different systems. You still have to do them sep- the work separately. So I don't you're know how saying, big they are. So you're saying you think it makes more sense to release on Switch than on PS4? I don't you know believe it, they had to make a choice. I think so, yeah, because Switch is going to be a viable system for longer. Okay. All right. And if you want to reach the Nintendo audience, you have no choice. I think it's stupid. Uh, whatever the cost was for them to do that, they should have done it. They could, they'll sell more on PS4 than any other platform. It might not be cost so much as manpower. Like, I don't know how big that company is. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is you just hire more people to help build the other versions or whatever. Um, it would be worth it. They would make a ton of money off of this game if it released for PS4. Um, and then next up, the mo- to me, the most disappointing thing of this entire presentation, Godfall. Uh, we hadn't really seen much of this game being played. We saw quick snippets and trailers of the combat. We knew it was a, a looter slasher, as they're calling it. It's like a game as a service where you use swords instead of guns. Um, a lot of like a lot like For Honor from Ubisoft. But now that we've seen this game being played, this game can hold For Honor's jockstrap. Did you watch this, Matt? Uh, I honestly did not make it all the way through it. I couldn't either. I, I got, to I like got the, bored and stopped. I got to like the fourth minute and they started talking about just hacking like it was some revelation. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? You're button mashing. Like, it, there appears to be very little to no nuance to the gameplay in this game. And dude, you're going to be doing the same thing over and over and over and over. It's a game as a service. They never really even showed any crazy like combos or flourishes. They kept showing the same like basic combo over and over and over. And they're like, they're talking about like closing the distance between you and your enemy. It's like, yeah, you have to do that with any enemy. What are you talking about? Like this game to me, it's like a tech demo that they turn into a game. That's what it looks like. And I know this game has actually been around for a long time and it's been shopped around to different publishers and platforms and blah, blah, blah. I'm just telling you that it looks like a tech demo that they're like, Oh, this is actually, it seems kind of cool. Let's actually make it playable or whatever. I, my interest for this game is, after watching that was pretty much zero. Mm-hmm. It's just the generic hack and slash where you fight the same enemies over and over and over again and build your level and get a shiny new helmet and no thanks. Not for me. I just keep thinking about too human. Yeah. And that's, I, I, that's not a compliment. No, <laughs> a- no, it's not. That's another game that took forever to come out. And when it came out, it was terrible. Although it does have some fans somehow, some way. I enjoyed Two Human. I did play it to like a thousand out of a thousand achievement points in the whole thing. But I, I would never, I would never argue that it's a good game. I couldn't just, finish. Just that I enjoyed it. I didn't have to review it, and I went to play it because I had literally waited like fifteen years for the game. I mean, you got to realize that game was announced for the PlayStation One, and yeah. then was moved to like the game. Like it had a crazy history before it finally came out, and then it was... Yeah, it was like good. three different, completely different concepts with the same title over the yeah. years. And it ended up being nothing like what it was originally no- announced as for the PlayStation 1 either. No. So, it is what it is. Uh, next up, 
the game that was the opposite of it that really caught my attention in this whole presentation, Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Uh, when I first saw it, I was like, oh my god, it's like Skyrim, but Robin Hood. It turns out that's not the case. It is a asymmetrical looter game where, like Robin Hood, you're taken from the rich and you're given to the poor. Um, so it's one of those 1-3-1 one, one, or 1v3v1 type games where you can kind of mix up the teams. Um, but it's all about raids, going in, getting the loot, escaping with the loot, counting your loot, probably spending it on cosmetics. <laughs> That's pretty much the gameplay loop for these types of games. But it is. do you think it's kind of strange, Matt, that we've never really had... Like, there have never really been good Robin Hood games. There really haven't even been Robin Hood games for the most part. And to me, it, it seems like like if you were trying to compete with Assassin's Creed and you couldn't have come up with a good idea for your own IP, like I, Robin Hood was probably would have been a good, a good facsimile of that. Um, but no one um, really jumped on it. I think there's two factors to that. First, no one cares about Robin Hood. Uh, this is proven over and over again in With the films. The film, everyone, every couple of years, a new Robin Hood movie comes out and bombs. It does. Uh, yeah. No one gives a shit. There's one good Robin Hood movie, and that is the uh, the old Errol Flynn one. Mm. Uh, the it, because it's long, made, was made thirty years before we were born. Oh, okay. Uh, the Adventures of Robin Hood. Black and white. And... No, it's in color. Oh, it, it, was, it was. It was. It was. It was like a thirty late thirties. Okay. Um, it's a good. You know, it's just, it's a good swashbuckling adventure. adventure. <laughs> uh, and then, um, I mean, I guess you can kind of count the Disney animated one. Like mostly, mostly that's a furry thing. Yeah. Um, but that was a, that's a decent, <laughs> that's a decent adaptation of Robin Hood. Uda Lolly, Lolly, what a day! Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other interpretations that nobody cares about. Some people like the uh, Prince of Thieves one for the Brian Adams song and the Alan Rickman performance, but uh, I can take or leave that one. Uh, Robin Hood and um, King Arthur are the two IPs that just Hollywood continually tries to make happen and just will not happen. Um, similarly, I think that's the game designers and game companies are aware of that and they know better than uh, the other angle on that. You cannot copyright Robin Hood. Like if if you make a Robin Hood game and it blows up and becomes huge, everyone else can make their own Robin uh, Hood yeah. game and you can't <laughs> you stop. You can't them. lock it down. So I think that's part of the problem. That would be like, a big that would be a big deterrent. Yeah, obviously Absolutely. it couldn't look like your game, but you could still make a Robin Hood. Game. And you could probably call it something close to the same thing as well. You could, um, yeah, you could still call it Robin Hood. You just yeah. you just have to call it like Robin Hood. Well, Matt, something, this something. is just called Hood. Hood. <laughs> so when I edgy. first saw the title, I was like, "Oh, it's like a Grand Theft Auto game." <laughs> nope, <laughs> it was Robin Hood. Um, but this game does look interesting, at least. It looks a little Left 4 Dead-ish, uh, kind of set in the Robin Hood universe, if there, such a thing even exists. Um, but I thought I found it to be one of the more interesting games uh, that they showed in the state of play, and I'm excited to learn more about it. Um, it's a multiplayer game, so I don't care. But uh, it's at least more interesting than that one they did a couple of years, that Robin Hood movie they did a couple of years ago where the, the battles were done like modern, uh, like, I think it was nicknamed Zero Dark Loxley because like the, the, the battles with Robin Hood like look like modern like urban combat. Like <laughs> to the point that they're wearing like jerkins that look like modern body armor. Oh wow. Like it's, it's they're still like period clothing, but they're done up like in the tans and, and browns of like a like a modern soldier. It's bizarre. Um, so yeah, is, but I, I like the look of it, but if, as long as it's like a, a, a you know a multiplayer only game, I'm probably never gonna play it. Um, 
but I do like the concept. It looks like maybe like your your team goes in and steals the thing, and then another team ambushes you on the way out to steal yep. the thing from you. So like that's a cool concept, especially if you've got like NPCs or maybe a third team trying to stop them. Um, I've always thought that the asymmetrical thing has a lot of potential. We'll see if this does anything like that. But we've we've given it nice. a lot of chances, Matt. We have <laughs> none we of them really have really rung true with either one of us though yet. Is no, that fair to I don't. Say? I don't know if anything has ever caught my attention quite the way the original Splinter Cell mode did. Like yeah. the spies versus uh, Bob and Steve. Uh, well, not not, not the co-op. The uh, oh. the you know the spies versus guards or whatever. That oh was. yeah, you remember? Yeah, that was great. Like the, yep. Like that was that really worked. Yeah, um, it did. Absolutely. It was really the first kind of attempt at that type of stuff, and they mm -hmm. kind of nailed it the first time, which is crazy. Um, and then the last game, and it was kind of weird for them to end the show on this. Uh, Ion must die. This is a two, also 2D kind of cyberpunkish looking game. Did they end um, it on this? Because I saw this in the middle of it. I thought that they ended on this one. No. Because I, I thought I had put my notes in chronological no, order. No, because Godfall was the last thing and I turned it off. Uh, okay. <laughs> so if this was okay. last, I wouldn't have seen it and I did yeah, see it. Yeah, maybe I just added it in late. But I Almost Die, it's a 2D. It also looks Metroid-ish. Um, this game lo looks awesome. I love the art style and the graphics mm -hmm. and the speed of this game. However, after this event happened, all this bad stuff started coming out about this game. Did you see it, Matt? Yeah. So like, the developers, like, the, apparently the trailer, people aren't 100% sure that it's actually representative of the game because they outsourced the trailer to some trailer house that did a lot of post-production work. And so, and then the, the owner of the studio, I believe, has turned out to be, like, a jerk, and, like, a lot of people have left the studio, and, like, the people who are working on the game aren't even really working on it anymore, but then it gets this big debut in the state of play. It's just, it's bonkers. But the yeah, bottom suffice line... Suffice to say, you shouldn't pre-order yet. Yeah, I would not <laughs> pre-order this game. But I will say this, what's in that trailer looks freaking awesome. Oh, it looks like, amazing. Like, like I would, literally, like, one of the coolest 2D games I've seen in, like, seven years. So, like, I'm kind of mad they showed it to us if, that, if we're I ever going to get it. I know, I know. And I'm, look, I don't think Sony knew that any of that type of stuff no, was probably going no. on or anything, but... But I just don't know. Is it all? Is it a bullshot or is it real? If it it's sounds real, like it's, it sounds like it's complete bullshot. Oh, really? From what the employees were saying, like they're uh, like none of that exists. It's all just sort of uh, animated. Well, no, none. Of, I wouldn't expect <laughs> to ever play that game. Probably. How do you think it'll be canceled? It'll whatever. I think out? I don't think it'll ever come out. Wow, interesting. That's a shame. If they could have hit that target there, man, that would be one sweet-ass game. Oh, yeah. That looks amazing. Like, that's it one really of the best-looking new things I've seen in all, probably all year. Yeah. Yep. So it's a shame, but who knows? Maybe they'll... I don't know. Now that the public has kind of... Yeah, I mean, the reaction to outrage, it could, I could see, like, you know, someone stepping in and saying, okay, well... Here's we'll a million bucks. We'll, we'll yeah. fund this properly and make sure you don't <laughs> do it like a jerk kind of thing, but, like... Yep. I don't know. That's it's, it's a lot to it there. Yep, absolutely. So anyway, it's a shame. Yeah, that's Sony State of Play. Um, are we getting another one of these before the end of the year? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably get a couple at least. I'm guessing. Um, and probably one of them will have the price and release date of the PlayStation. Yeah, 5, so we, we get that. I'll get like like a like a Godfall style deep dive of Miles Morales, probably. Yep. Like, and whatever else is coming out from Sony at the time. Yep. Um, what would you? What letter grade would you give this presentation, Matt? Uh, like a B, B minus. Mm. Wow, like it's, it's fire. There's, there's some interesting stuff in there. I mean, it's it's a shame that like, um, 
they ended with Godfall, which really kind of put me to sleep. They did not bring the house down. That's for no, sure. <laughs> no, they probably should have finished with Crash, but it's look, it's tough. We do the same thing I, with Game Face. We put the topics we know people want to watch. We put one at the beginning. We put one at the end. It's just yeah. how. I mean, I can them. see not knowing that Crash is going to probably be one of your best things when you're arranging the show. I don't know if you watch that Godfall demo, you should have known. That's all. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's possible that they just didn't. You know, they wanted to end with PS5, and that's what my guess is. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they hell said or, we hell or high water, and we got we sure got <laughs> we the still former got it anyway. Even though they said we weren't gonna, uh, I'll give it a C minus. Honestly, we actually cut a couple games out of this that they did show, like a couple even more obscure indie games. The vast majority of this stuff was smaller indie type stuff, which I don't hate. But when you start looking at some of the other state of plays and the big like AAA games that have been in those, it's hard for me to almost even say this is average. So I'm gonna give it a C minus, but. There'll be another one in a month, and they'll, they'll have another chance to do better. So, mm-hmm. all right, next up, we're going to talk about. So, earlier I said another game has an opportunity to become the best selling indie game of 2020, and that game was mm-hmm. Spelunky 2. But there is another game that has a chance to beat Spelunky 2, although maybe not because it's being given away on at least one platform, and that game yeah. is Fall Guys. I um, think it's definitely got uh, the Zeitgeist Award locked up. Yeah. Every time I hear that name, I hear the Fall Guy theme song. I might fall yeah. from a tall building to my crash brand new car. <laughs> Every time I hear it, I hear that, it's going that way song. Back. <laughs> yeah. Sunday afternoons at my grandma's there. And I keep waiting for Lee Majors to bust through yeah. the wall like the Kool-Aid man, but it just never happens. But If they're smart, they'd put, the, they'd put that in as a skin. <laughs> You're right, actually. Um, so Fall Guys, a lot of you guys are playing this already. One, because it's sold like crazy on PC already. And two, because it's given away for free this month on PlayStation Plus. And... It is, there are no shortage of people playing this game on PS4 because it is free. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is it's... Rocket ba- League style. Yeah. It's basically a 3D platformer racer against like 60 other players. It's the best way I can put it. You yeah. start at the beginning of the level, and the person who makes it to the end of the level first wins. And it's X number of people in each round move on. Uh, so it, with each new round, there's less people involved. And they do change up the <laughs> courses to make them work for smaller groups of people. Um, but basically, it's Battle Royale. So as you keep surviving each race, you go on to the next one until you're the last person standing. Um, Matt, have you been playing it? No, but I am observing how not to play it right now. <laughs> um, the uh, I, I probably am, I'm probably going to have to play it because it seems like it's going to be such an I can't believe you have element. it. The whole world's playing it. I guess so. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't really care, but I've I've been just exposed to it so much through Twitter and everything, and I'm just like, all right. I guess you don't need to. <laughs> I guess I guess I gotta play it now just to know what I'm talking about. But I just I didn't see this one coming. I guess yeah. I, I would say. Well, um, it's fun. Or at it least is it fun. looks fun. It is fun. Um, but I would also argue. First of all, I just want to say I want to give props to the people who made this game because it is a great idea. It is. I won't say genius because, you know, they're kind of borrowing concepts from something else. But when you talk about how when one person innovates or one company innovates, and then that creates dominoes that fall for innovation from other companies and other people, I think that's what you're going to see with this. Because I'll be honest, I think the idea is genius and I've been having a lot of fun playing it, but it's very frustrating because (laughs) the controls suck. I'll just be honest with you. Um, They're very floaty. It's very hard to judge how far your character can jump. And when you do jump, like I said, it's very floaty. 
The level designs are also kind of weird because the way the camera is perched, you, you'll miss bottomless pits. So the camera won't rise up in time to show you that there's a bottomless pit and you'll just literally run off the edge and just fall down. Um, but at the same time, there's a little bit of the element of the game where the fact that the controls aren't great also kind of make it a little bit more fun because it makes it a little more random. Um, yeah, the, way, the impression I've gotten is that like you're not supposed to take it that seriously. Yeah, but um, if you're competitive, you're going to take it seriously no matter what. Like I do, we play checkers, we play whatever. I'm going to be competitive at it. It's just the way that I am. Um, and I didn't get mad, but there. What I'm, I guess, what I'm getting at is there is an opportunity to make a really amazing game from this concept. This game is not it, but imagine if Nintendo made a game like this set in the Mario universe with Mario's platforming mechanics. Literally, like, it's sublime use of momentum and sliding and all of that. It it would be awesome. Like, I may not have to play another game for the rest of my life. Kind of awesome. Um, so to me, this game shows a lot of promise, a lot of creativity, a lot of ingenuity, but it's the concept just isn't quite there yet. And I think we're going to see other developers jump into this pool and do it far better. Um, but at the same time, look, I don't want to diminish what's here because this game is still fun. I don't want you to be like, oh, well, I'll just wait for the good one. No, this is good. It's fun. Go play it. It's free if you have a PS4. Um, and it is just really exciting. Like, I've never played anything like it before. Like, when they say go and 64 or 60 people are all running towards that same little, like, funnel that you all have to get through and you're starting to figure out, how am I going to get past this guy? How am I going to get past that guy? Um now, there is a lot of randomness to this game, as you might have guessed. Um, like, I, the second game I played, I came in second place. The second one. <clears throat> and it's not easy, because I think there's literally like six stages or whatever. And the very last stage is just a series of floors that have hexagonal mm -hmm. kind of pads on them that disappear when, after you step on them. And you all start on the top floor, and as you keep falling down, like obviously the last one that doesn't fall all the way to the bottom is the winner. I was like all the way at the top, and like the guy who was in second place was had like one more floor to fall before I won, and I fell off an edge and fell through all six, all the floors, all the way to the bottom and got second place. I was like, what? <laughs> you jerk. Um, and then I, I never, I haven't won yet, but I ended up getting second, third, pretty consistently, pretty frequently. Um, and I am having a lot of fun with it. But I, what I really see in this game is that it's a really cool concept that someone is going to do a really good job on. Someone has a big budget. Somebody has, has the license to American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I want to take a look at that. <laughs> Seriously, though. And the other, the other part of it, too, is that there's really not <clears throat> a lot of, there's not much else there, I guess is the best way to mm -hmm. put it. There's like when you level up, you unlock like a new pattern to put on your whatever those things are. They're like eggs or whatever. I don't even know what they're supposed to be. But you basically just unlock cosmetics for your egg. They're, uh, they're store brand shy guys. I think that's what they yeah, are. Yeah, that's, that's really a good way to put it. Um, so they're, they're, you level up, but you don't really get anything. Um, I think w when I counted, there were like 24 mini games total or roughly around there anyway. And a lot of them are the same, probably 60 to 70% of them are just like, hey, you start here, you need to platform all the way to the end, and we're going to throw a bunch of obstacles in front of you. But then there are also team games that you can play. And that also 
tends to make it a little more random because when you have to rely on your teammates to advance to the next round, sometimes you just get screwed because your team sucks. Um, but there's like a basketball, like a soccer game where you're kind of trying to push the soccer. It's like Rocket League, honestly. There's like a Rocket League mode. Um, there's a another one where there's like several teams and each team has a basket. You have to run in the middle and collect eggs and then take the eggs back to your basket. And again, because all those are team-based, if you're on a crappy team, you know, you could be eliminated. But the good news is like any other Battle Royale game, as soon as you're eliminated, you can just load it right back up and start again. And there are enough people playing this game that that happens almost instantaneously. So there's very little downtime. Um, there's tons of people playing it. It is fun. But what I think most about when I think about this game is that it is going to be a harbinger of a really, really good and really, really popular and well-selling video game in the future. Um, and to be fair, this game already is a really well-selling game. So, um, look, if you have PS4, go download it, go play it. You included, Matt. Go download it, go play it. Hmm. Um, it's on PC. Would I recommend buying it? Ugh, that's a tough one. I would probably spend $10 for this game. That's probably what I think. That's what I think its value is probably worth. Um, now, I could hear probably people be like, but you get way more than $10 of entertainment out of it. Probably. Um, I'll be honest, like I've, I'm pretty much done with it at this point until they start adding new mini games in. And there are some that are notorious that come up and you're like, no, I hate that one. And then there's some that come up that are like really easy. Um, and you do get better at the game after a while. You start to learn the pathways through. You start to learn like things that you can do to avoid getting knocked off and stuff like that. Or things that you can do to stay away from the crowd. Because the other thing you can do is you can grab the other players. That's pretty much the only mechanic you have other than jump is grab. And that comes in really handy during like the egg game. When someone's trying to take eggs to their basket, you can grab them. Another teammate can come and kind of knock the egg out of their hands. But other than that, it's a very, very simple game with a very simple but genius concept that I've enjoyed a great deal, but I also feel like I've kind of reached uh, the end of my rope with it. Uh, Vincent is saying the base version is 20 bucks. That's way too much, in my opinion. Um, but congratulations. They really hit... This is like lightning in a bottle deal right here. Um, they did a I good job. I appreciate the ability to think outside the box and turn the Battle Royale genre to something else. Yeah, absolutely. And look, they've had years. The, all these developers have had years to find a new twist on Battle Royale, and this studio did yep. So, and By the way, uh, Nintendo, if you're looking... I know you mentioned Mario, but if you're looking for what Pikmin 4 should be... Oh, interesting. Do a, Maybe not Pikmin 4, but I bet you could do a Pikmin clone of this, and it would yeah. kill. Well, I guess you saw this week Pikmin 3 is coming to Switch. Wahoo. Now there is really nothing left on Wii U that hasn't been ported. In, in the words of Tom Servo, whoopty shit. <laughs> like, I have that game already. I've had that game for years. Yep, yep, me too. I wonder what will happen, actually, to all the digital games I have on Wii U. They'll Are stay they on there? No, I mean, like, not if they're so installed. I packed mine away. I didn't wipe the hard drive. It still has all that stuff on there. Anything installed will still be there. But... What about like six years from now? Like, do you think I'll still be able to play those Wii U games? Probably not. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I hope so. I'm not. What, what do you mean? I mean, you won't be able. Problem. You know, they might, you might not be able to download ones you bought right. digitally, but you'll right. be able to that's play I mean. any. Well, you'll be able to play anything that's installed. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the dude, my Wii U had a 30 gig hard drive. <laughs> There's not yeah. that much installed on it. <laughs> it's like when the hard there drive. Wasn't that, there wasn't it, that much to install. There wasn't. You're right. <laughs> Touche. I mean, well, most of it is already there. Like, I think I was thinking about that, actually, about putting the, the Wii U away. And there's only, really only two games I'd want to still salvage off of it. And that's Xenoblade Chronicles X and the Fatal Frame. Yeah. 
That's all that's left, pretty much. That it. Well, Super Mario 3D World, I think. Yeah, I feel like that's coming. It's point. always deadly coming. Gotta, There's no doubt. It may be coming. And like the, season, the the HD ver the HD remasters of the Zelda game, you know, of uh, um, Wind Waker and and uh, Twilight Princess. Like that's nice to have those on those on there. But like, they have to point the port those someday, right? Like they, that would be really dumb not yeah. to bring those forward. I think. think they're coming. You know, I think they may even come before the end of the year because Nintendo needs some stuff. It's looking like content. It's not yeah. looking like Breath of the Wild 2 is going to make it. So I wouldn't think so. Nope. So anyway, Fall Guys, 20 bucks. I would not pay that. I would absolutely download it on PS4 um, if you're a PlayStation Plus member. But if you have money to burn, then absolutely spend it. Um, if you don't care about 20 bucks, you'll have a good time. And you'll, you'll ultimately probably say, I got 20 bucks of fun out of this thing. Um, but it's just so simple and I lost interest so quickly that it's hard for me to recommend for yeah. more than like ten. Bucks. I mean, I paid seventeen bucks to see Sonic the Hedgehog in theaters. So. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. You're right. Okay, it's time to move on to the last topic for Game Face 224, and that is undoubtedly the biggest story of the week. And I saw some people earlier when I mentioned it, they're like, "What's a big story from this week?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Hmm. Microsoft delayed Halo Infinite into 2021." <laughs> It's a huge story. A, the killer app for the first console launch for Microsoft in over half a yeah. decade is not going to be there at launch. And I, mean, the the, great- I mean, the title, the, the subtitle on Reset Era for the, the Xbox Series X official thread is You Had Me at Halo. Yeah. And now... And now you have nothing. Now you have nothing. Nothing. Like, what is... Why would you buy an Xbox Series X at launch instead of buying an Xbox One X? Well, I mean, uh, even on top of that, like for cheap now. You I mean even when Halo was still coming out, you could ask that question. Yeah, it was still going to work on that system. Yeah, now it's like there's no incentive for anyone to buy the console. None. Like, like literally, it, only if it's X like is probably going to be cut like in half when they launch the Series X. Like, just buy a freaking One X, man. Like, like only like, if it's going to be like so much more powerful for multiplayer stuff, multi-platform stuff. Yeah, like that's the, third party like stuff. Will it, if, it's, if it's Digital Foundry says that it's by far the best way not if you, to play Cyberpunk if you don't have a PC, like that's about all I can think of. I'm sure you've seen the reports making the rounds over the last couple of weeks though where a lot of developers mm-hmm. have been saying we're actually getting more out of the PS5. Yeah, I mean, turn that shit over to Cerny and he's going to work some magic. Yeah, so, so I don't know. That, I mean, Looks like he did. I, look, I'm not saying that Microsoft won't have an advantage. I really don't know. But what I would say is probably if it does, it's not going to be so pronounced. Yeah. It's not going to be by a system. Right. It's not going to be able to convince me to tell somebody else that they should Mm -hmm. buy a Series X over a PlayStation 5. I just don't think. Certainly not with what you're going to get on PlayStation 5 exclusively on top of that. Can I tell someone to pass on Ratchet and Clank or Miles Morales to play what like yeah. I, well it doesn't sound like ratchet and clank's gonna be a factor this year but yeah i mean like, it's gonna come first you know launch window or whatever at least that's what they're saying right now but, but like even just miles morales yeah, like, <laughs> exactly even just that one game is enough so what do you think this is gonna do matt does it do anything does microsoft even care if it sells consoles anymore I mean, it doesn't seem I, like it i don't think it does um i i think you know we've been saying for a long time that it's about the ecosystem um and there was even a, an article today on the verge about how 
you know, Microsoft, I'm never, I'm definitely not buying a Series X and Microsoft is going to make so much money from me from that because they're talking about how they're, they're playing on PC and they're going to buy it on Steam and they're going to get the Game Pass for Steam, for, for, for PC. And like, they're still going to make money off of this guy, mm-hmm. even though he's never going to buy a Series X. Yeah. And that's what they want. Um, and so I, I think there's some of that there. Um, You'll never sell as many copies of a PC game as you will of a console game, though. No, but like you're gonna get people. They just want you in the ecosystem, I guess. And yeah. uh, look, in the end, this is probably the right move. Like this game needs the time. Obviously. We should have said that first. Actually, we should have said I should have said first that they're doing the right thing, and yeah. that I am proud of them for doing. That's how I should have started this whole conversation. I am proud that Xbox is doing this because it very easily could have just put that game out there. It knows better than anyone how crushing this is. I mean, Uh it is crushing. You're basically giving away the console war on day one. I mean, that's really what it's kind of coming down to. And Microsoft knows this and still was like, you know what? And it's the old mantra from Miyamoto. It's like, you know, you release a bad Uh game, it's bad forever. But you delay a delay game. Delay game is eventually good. It's eventually good. Yeah, and, and I uh, think I believe I believe very strongly. I don't have any inside info on this or anything, but like I believe very strong because look, we saw all the problems in that game in that demo. You know, just watching it that one time. There's no way you aren't working at three four three internally, knowing that this is not going to work. Yeah, oh yeah, you know it's going and on. <laughs> I believe that the public reaction to that demo won some people an argument internally at 343 finally like they were basically finally able to say i told you yeah exactly there were a lot of i told you so's the next day oh yeah oh i mean my guess is an hour later because dude the the response to that was so quick Mm -hmm. and so definitive and so decisive and craig was out there as a meme inside of an hour i mean literally i'm guessing an hour after that debut they had an all hands and we're like Mm -hmm. holy crap uh Where's the alarm button? <laughs> and they're like in there. Like, I guarantee it was all hands on deck. And they're like, oh, my God, this thing we've been working on for four years yep. just got massacred by it. And there were a couple smug ass motherfuckers in the corner of that meeting. Oh, yeah. I'll bet you. Like, yep. They're just yeah. nodding their head being like, every, I tried to tell Every you. time. Every time. There's people that know. There's always people that know. Yep. And, and whether they're listened to or not. And they rarely end up getting the credit ultimately when they're right either. I think a similar thing <laughs> happened with Sonic the Hedgehog movie. If we yeah. bring that up again. Yeah. You know, like I exactly. guarantee that was an argument. The fact that they had that better character model ready to go, that was yeah. an internal argument over how that character should oh, look. Oh, yeah. And they chose the wrong one. They picked the wrong one and, and public response <laughs> to like, that well, trailer. Swap in the other one then. Settled that argument. And I think that's <laughs> yeah. what happened here. Like, look, as soon as you don't have ray tracing ready for your next gen console when launch, you talked about you're is ray done. tracing. Yeah. You're done. It's, how did like, they screw this up, Matt? I don't know. I mean, they're screwing it up again. The Xbox is screwing up the launch of their console again. Twice You're just in constantly a row. in this situation where they don't have anything enticing to draw you to the console all, all by itself. Like there's, they don't have a Miles Morales, like Frank, you know, to, to be direct direct to comparison. Like there's just nothing there. And even if they did, you just play it on PC or I mean, you, you play it on your Xbox. I don't know what their end game is. Here. I still don't <laughs> yeah. understand what the end game. I really is. don't get it. I mean, you got to realize it's the too. ecosystem thing, but at one point you're right. Like you sell far fewer copies on PC. So you want them in the console environment at some point. You got to buy, but games. I don't know how you That's get there to make your money. Like I, it's really crazy to me that they, that 
after all the time they had to reflect on what went wrong with the launch of Xbox One, that we would be at this place like two or three months from the launch of Series X. It's it's my I am still just blown away that there's no Forza at launch. Yeah. How like, does that I not happen? I don't get it. How is that? How did that not happen? The other thing you got to think about is, okay, Halo's coming still. They didn't cancel it. Halo yeah. Infinite probably will come in Q1 of next year. But guess what? There comes Ratchet and Clank. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, man. I am having a real, real problem trying to see any kind of a path to being and competitive, I just, not even winning, to being competitive for Microsoft. Well, it's also just like like you say, Ratchet and Clank, and I'm just like, well, I mean, Ratchet's going to be more exciting because Halo, we've played all these other times already. And then I'm like, but so we've played Ratchet that yeah. many times too. But you look at Ratchet and you're just like, this is something I've never seen before. This well, is something I want to get my tech. hands on. It's using the and tech just to create nothing new there gameplay paradigms. Even Halo's- this footage right now, we're sitting here watching this red brute guy babble on about some nonsense. Like, like, what? Why, like, make me care about Halo again? I don't get it. I know. I know, man. It's like, it's really crazy that Microsoft has somehow managed to drop the ball again. It has no software for the launch of a console that it needed to be a hit to redeem itself after mm-hmm. the failure of Xbox One. I just. Also, how weird is it that this feels so much like Destiny 2? Like, yeah. The Destiny 2 vanilla campaign is basically the same thing. A big, strong guy from one of the factions we've seen before showing up and being more powerful than everybody else and being like, we're going to destroy you in a way you never predicted. And it's just like, yeah. And I thought the Destiny 2 campaign was okay because it tore apart the, apart the status quo and put it back together again. But there is no status quo in Halo anymore. No. Like, we don't even know what's going on. And what at this is point. the status quo for that so franchise? I mean, it's just another fucking ring world. Like, I don't get yeah. it. Like, we, you blow a Halo up in every one of these games, and I don't know what, at what point I'm supposed to start caring again. Matt, how bad is this going to get for Xbox? Like, I, I could didn't... see, like, at the six month mark, like, PlayStation 5 outselling it like four or five to one. Yeah, I mean, originally I know like the prediction was two to one. Uh, I think that's still season. probably over the long haul the more um, accurate prediction, but I probably, think in short term. Short term is going to be bad. I mean, without Halo as some kind of anchor, I mean, that would have at least been pulling. Like, look, I'll be honest, like Halo was sort of the anchor pulling me to, because you know, we're talking about getting both systems because we yep. have to like review them. But at this point, I'm like, do I even do that? Even Even for this show, is it worth that? Because what we're going to do, talk about the OS? Right. <laughs> like, that's pretty much all there is left, right? I mean, that might be all there is. And obviously, if there isn't a lot, I can get one and I can play it and then loan it to you and you can go through, like, the yeah. launch stuff if you want or whatever. But but the fact that you're even considering this, Matt Kyle, shows you where we're at. Right. Like, you, it's not about money with you. You can afford to buy the console right. if you want and to. And I love console launches. I love buying all the systems when they come out because I like that early, I like being an early adopter. I know you get screwed a lot of the time. It's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. It really discovering something new with everybody else who's discovering something new. There's a there's a thing with that that I absolutely agree with and I also love it. Um, it's, like, it's like that feeling you get, like, Christmas Eve, like, yeah, it's only certain things can make you feel that way, and console launches are one of the things that do it. And uh, it sounds like Microsoft's is. And not it's also be- fun. Like I also like that. Like 
it's a little less pronounced now, I guess, but I always love the, it's like game, game launch, big game launches too. I feel like I love the fact that we're all doing the same thing Yeah, for once. Yeah, like for everybody's doing, yeah. everybody's playing the same thing. Everybody's opening their new system. Everybody's like, messing with, yeah. like, I love, like everybody's like checking out the friends list and seeing who's on and who's yeah. on the new system. What they're playing. Like, that's what game a lot did of they fun. get for launch? Yeah. yeah. I love all that stuff, man. Oh my God. He bought Godfall. What yeah. a loser. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love all that stuff, man. I love it all. Um, I just don't know if we're going to get that with Xbox Series X. No, I don't. Like, look, there are enough Xbox fans that if they produce half a million of them, they're going to sell all of yeah. them. Still. And look, like I, I maybe you know, if I do get it, I'd probably just load, install a whole bunch of like stuff I already own on Old Xbox games. One and see how they look on the new system, and maybe yeah. that'll be cool enough. But like, is should I would I tell anyone else to do that? Of course not. Like that's yeah. ridiculous. It's a ridiculous use of money. Yep. Um, like when you could just go and get a PS5 and play that, and, and get a that. bunch of games, and maybe if that's I, a dual sense. If, and- if I wasn't doing like this show or involved in industry stuff at all, like I would probably be waiting to buy a Series X until Fable, whenever Fable might. I be. would. I would. It would be Halo for me. Would be enough. Um, I think. Hey, I think I'd be fine playing Halo on my Xbox One X. Well, I like, mean, the I truth really is you can play it on PC, too, so I, I guess too, you're right. Yeah. Like, really, it doesn't matter. Like, I've got so many other options there. Like, yeah, it depends. Like, Fa- I feel like Fable would be the thing that would push me uh, to get one. But even then, get the maybe, maybe, I mean, by then, maybe I'll have upgraded my PC and it won't matter. Like, you know, like, <laughs> That's what, I'm, that was like, what I was getting at. Like, you may have a new PC by then. You won't even care about a console, which mm-hmm. is fine. Like, you're, look, in that case, Microsoft is still getting... Right. 59 still, or 69, whatever they end up pricing their games. They're still I've, getting money for the games. Um, or I'm downloading it from Game Pass. Look, it, so. people giving you $10 a month is not going to be enough to offset sale, like ten a game selling 10 million copies. It's just not. Mm-hmm. The ma- Do the math. It doesn't work out. Well, it's so, like Pactor said, I think that like you need a critical mass of people to make that profitable that he just doesn't see them gaining. PlayStation might be able to pull it off, but yeah. the, the state Xbox is in right now is really much, pretty much impossible. It, I mean, you're just, you're basically going to need, you know, and I, part of it's because they just bought all these new new developers, and a lot of those developers, I think, can put something out that really gets me excited and gets people excited. But you, those things are a year, two years away minimum. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, look, if Avowed was there at launch, I mean. Yeah. I'll be but there like, day one. They needed like something like that, though. That's exactly what they needed. Yeah, they needed but, Avowed to be there on launch day. And you know what? If that were there, they might actually compete with the PlayStation 5. But they needed something like that to compete. Mm-hmm. Now that they don't even have Halo Infinite, I don't believe they can even compete. So it's going to be a bloodbath in a couple months. Yeah, they don't um, even have. I mean, even you look back at the original Xbox launch, which had something like twelve games, and a lot of them were not good, but they were all only on Xbox. Yeah, like I'm never gonna go to bat for Azurek or Nightcaster, but at least there were things that you couldn't play on anything else. The other thing I would say too is you might want to think about stepping up your game to pre-order a PS5. Um, yeah, like when you find out when the pre-orders are happening now, like set your alarm if you mm-hmm. want it. That's what you're gonna have to do to get it because I guarantee you there are a ton of people who were either on the fence or were like, I'm kind of leaning Xbox, who are now like, oh no, I'm going PS5. So yeah. you just got this huge rush of people who have just changed their minds or finally made up their minds, and you're going to be competing with them to get one of those like 1 million or 2 million units that they're going to have at launch. So Yeah, um, this is going to be a cutthroat move here to get get a PS5. Like, it's gonna it's be. not going to be easy. Yep, so just stay on your game, and uh, we'll help you when we can. Obviously, if you're on Sifted, you'll know exactly when you're going to be able to pre-order it and where you'll be able to pre-order it. And uh, we'll all be there right along with you trying Unless to get Unless they just shadow drop it during the state of play or something. Like, well, who knows possible. how they're going to play this. 
Yeah. I mean, they can do anything they want now, Matt. They can. It's they so can. funny how we talk so long about the strategies of each company and how they're going to approach everything. And then in the end, Microsoft just blew it so bad that Sony didn't have to do anything. They're just like, well, I guess all we have to do now is it's like Joe Biden with Trump. It's like his best strategy is to just be quiet and just let Trump self-destruct. It's mm -hmm. the same thing here. It's like, we'll put out our, our release date and our price and we'll just let Xbox keep making announcements that make people angry. Like, I don't know. It's not looking good for Xbox Series X. And no matter how many times Microsoft tells me it's all about the sir, it's not. Like they need to sell consoles so that they sell software. Um, it's not as important to them as it is at PlayStation, but it's still very important. So without consoles, there's no software, which means there's no profit. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it, I still can't understand how you work on a game that long and then you have to delay it, especially a game that important. I, I don't understand how they didn't see the problems with the game, what, looking, at, looking at it on their own for the last six months. How did Matt and I see it and in 30 seconds go like, oh my God. Like how? How did everybody do that? How did sure they did, but I think they just like, you know, they got a console launch to make. They got to get there. Like that's the other thing is I really still feel like these consoles are launching too soon. Yeah. I don't like, think we needed them till next year. Or they should have just started working earlier or devoted more resources to these games. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can accuse them of not putting too many <laughs> enough resources towards Halo, but like <laughs> it's been five years and they've started over three times, but like, it, I don't, I don't know. And it's just incredible. It's all they had. Like it's, they didn't have a backup plan for this thing. Like they, they pinned everything on Halo Infinite, which clearly wasn't even being built for the, the new system originally. Yeah, like at the very least, they should have been like, "This is a bad idea." Like this yeah, like game. Where's the Where's the game for the Series X? <laughs> like where's the game built for the Series X? I don't. Well, there see won't it. be one for like a year and a half after launch. Yeah. He said so. But even look, something that's built with an eye towards Series X that also works on the old one, like. You didn't even have, you're not even gonna have ray tracing ready for this thing. Like what? Like where is? I still don't understand where Forza is. Like I don't it's even care about Forza bath, that much. Dude. But it's gonna be a bloodbath. Not gonna They're be gonna pretty. Like you're gonna probably be. gonna be able to walk into a Best Buy and get a Series X at will. Like well, I think like a month later you probably will. Not. A, I don't think on launch day you'll be able to. I think there's enough Xbox fans that are gonna buy it no matter what, just because mm -hmm. it's the new Xbox. But after that first week, week and a half, after they get through that first rush. And that second shipment comes in two days later, and then those are gone. My guess is that third shipment comes in and it sits for a while before mm -hmm. it's gone. So that early December shipment is going to be yep. plenty. Yep. <laughs> and truth be year. told, it may get to a point where <clears throat> that works out for them because PS5 is sold out, mm -hmm. and mom and dad can't get the PS5. They're like, oh, well, there's this Gotta other new something. one. It might help at least. So look, I I feel bad. To be perfectly honest with you, um, it sucks to see a company go through like mm -hmm. five years of ridicule and still not be able to pivot to a place where it wouldn't have to deal with it again. But, so do you do you think like there will be like consequences? You know, I think like Phil Spencer is going to have to answer for this internally or it's something? It's quite or? possible, Matt. But and look, you know, I have not been a gigantic fan of Phil Spencer across the years. There was a point where I thought he should have been fired a couple years ago. Yeah, I remember then, that. And then he went through a patch where he started to turn things around. And I do think that this was the right strategy overall, but he's just never been able to, to deliver enough software. That has been his problem ever since he's been the head of Xbox. Not enough software for Xbox platforms. That's just the truth. Um, and I'm not saying that this means that he should be fired or anything like that, but you should look at it seriously. Like, it may not even be his fault. He may not even be involved in any of this. Like, who knows? 
Um, but it is not a good look for Phil Spencer at all. That is for sure. So there you go. Halo Infinite delayed to 2021. We don't even really have like a new date for it or anything. Nope. Like just it's next just year like, sometime. And we've seen how long it take, took to fix the Master Chief collection. It could be pretty deep into 2021. Yeah, it's true. So I don't know, people. All I can say is the Xbox Series X is a very, very hard sell. And I doubt either Matt or I will recommend that you pick it up at launch. It's just the way it is. Not unless there's some some titles some that we just really don't Diddy know about. Some Kong Racing type yeah. Christmas surprise drop. Like, that could change the game, but I highly doubt that anything like that's going to happen. I just don't think it is. So. No. So there you go. Uh, we'll keep we'll keep our eyes on stuff. Like I don't even know if I care like about the release date and price of Series X anymore now. Like, do you? I mean, I don't know what relevance it has. Yeah, really. I don't. It's like this thing that we've been obsessed with for like eight months now suddenly means nothing. I'm like this hollow husk of a human now. But I don't know. It's yeah, PS5 just, still coming. What'd you say? PS5 still coming. Yeah. And like absolutely. that same week, we'll have uh, Assassin's Creed and Cyberpunk, and we won't even care. Yep. So, anyway, uh, that's it for Game Phase 224. Uh, but before we get to our QA, and that is your cue to get your questions into chat at Sifted Games, it helps us pull your questions out from all the other stuff. Um, but before that, here's a word from our sponsor. Ready to get away from it all without losing all the comforts of home? DeShazer Ryan Realty has a once-in-a-lifetime 200-acre estate for sale in Libby, Montana that gives new meaning to the phrase roughing it. This eye-popping main lake house on this sprawling estate has four bedrooms and bathrooms, phone, and internet. There are also separate guest and caretaker houses. It's the first time this property has ever been for sale, so don't let the chance to buy a slice of outdoor heaven pass by. It can be yours for $3.4 million. If you're interested, no matter where you live, contact Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643 or DeShazerMT at gmail.com. He can also connect you with local realtors who can help you with your specific needs. If you want to see more, head on over to www.snowshoeranchmt.com. That's snowshoeranchmt.com. All right, thanks again to DeShazer Ryan Realty for sponsoring Game Face. It makes a world of difference for us, and we really appreciate it. Speaking of making a world of difference for us, that's exactly what Twitch Prime does. You guys have been, let's see, there's a ton of them, and I probably lost some of them because the chat cuts off. Uh, Chevelle Man 1979 thank you. Justin Horman, thank you. Oh, there was a ton earlier. Flickr 676, I believe it is. Thank you. You're awesome. And that's... Unfortunately, I lost all the, the ones from earlier in the show. I apologize. If you guys can ever stick around to the end of the show, always try to wait until the end to do Twitch Prime uh, because I really do care about thanking you guys for doing it. I know um, it's this extra thing that we always ask, and uh, it can be a pain in the ass sometimes, and we appreciate it. Johnny Hurricane, thank you, brother, for everything, not just for Twitch Prime, for everything you do for Sifted. Uh, let's get to some questions. Kadaz, I love his name. Uh, I love how Pac says Kadaz, actually. Although he hasn't said it for a long time because you haven't asked any questions for Pactor Factor in a long time. I uh, think there are any unannounced third-party games out there for 2020. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I do. Maybe. Um, the indie, though. I don't think there's yeah. any budget third-party games that are coming. Yeah, like, I don't think you're going to suddenly get an EA surprise or anything. Although um, EA did drop UFC 4. Like, they <laughs> just... They're like, hey, here's a trailer, and you know what? It's out in two days. Like, so it's possible, but 
highly unlikely. Mm -hmm. Um, Most publishers, companies in general, they're locked and loaded for Q4 at this point. They know exactly what products they have so that they can set their expectations with Mm -hmm. their investors and blah, blah, blah. Um, There isn't a whole lot of flying by the seat of the pants in the gaming industry, even though it may seem like it at times. Um, Like when something gets shadow dropped or disappears out of nowhere. Yeah, it seems abrupt to you as a consumer or the viewer, but that plan was in place like way, way before that to do exactly yeah. that. So, like, it's not third party so much as Nintendo. Yeah. Like, we know yeah. nothing about the second half of yeah, the I mean, year. The better question might have been do you think Nintendo will release a viable first party exclusive for Switch before the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Um, that might be the better question. And to that, yeah. I would answer yes. And I think. We hope. I think also, what, I think that there's got to be some be Mario, the, and there's got to be the Mario thing. I think it's gonna be the platform remakes, yeah, yeah, all the well, especially because it's the 35th anniversary yep. of Super Mario Brothers. They got to do something. Yep. Uh, Mitch Sakor, what's up, Mitch? How's it going, man? Miss you. <laughs> it's weird having you just in the chat. Uh, with the delay of Halo Infinite, Microsoft's marketing has now shifted to play for generations of Xbox games on Series X. Is that enough? What should the marketing strategy be for Series X? Well, I think they had it right at first. I think when they they were like the world's most powerful console ever, I think that was right. But unfortunately, they haven't been able to live up to it. Like they needed to show Halo Infinite and everybody look at it and be like, oh yeah, that is the most powerful console ever made. And that's not what happened. It wasn't Um, there. It just wasn't there. The game's not there. It's not at that level. So, I mean, that's what the marketing strategy should have been. What should it be now? Game Pass, I guess. Play yeah. games, more games than you can ever play for the rest of your life for ten dollars a month. I mean, that Game might Pass be and like you can play all the Xbox games from forever. I mean, that might literally that's be all you like got. A commercial for the launch of Xbox Series X is them saying like, and they may even give you Game Pass for free for the first three months or something like that, and they'll say. Uh, buy an Xbox Series X, play a billion games for free for the next three months, and that might have a little bit of traction, but ultimately, people are smart, and they're going to realize that they're just deflecting from the fact that they don't have a big first-party exclusive to sell the console. So I don't know how much that would help, but I think that would might be a strategy that they could use. Do you have any other ideas, Matt? Not really. I mean, you can play up the idea that your old games and current games run better on this one, on the yeah. system, but, like, it's all you got. Like, it's it's a weird... It's a weird thing to hang a marketing campaign for a five hundred dollar plus item on. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have any ideas for you. It's just it's it's a bad scenario. Like you just sort of got it. Really is. There's no other way to put it. As uh, Joe said in Reservoir Dogs, they just got to shit their pants and dive in and swim. <laughs> I forgot that line. Uh, does Sony? This is from Derek D one 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 an extra one on on Twitch. Does Sony need or should have a first party or, or first party first person shooter for PS5? Uh, they dropped their two big ones, Killzone and Resistance, with no real, real replacements this generation. Mind you, both of those two studios took a step up. So who then? Should they? No, I don't think. I don't think they, they need one. I, I'll be honest with you. I have never really liked Sony's first person shooters. Like no. I thought Resistance was okay. I've never been a big Killzone fan. Like, the third parties are doing it so well. Just let them do it, and money had them. So that yeah. you get either exclusive something, some type of content, or you get a timed exclusive window. I think that's a smarter move. Yeah, I'd li- I mean, I'd like to see a Resistance trilogy, like, remaster. Like, I wouldn't mind bringing those forward from the PS3 just to save them from obscurity. Um, but, like, do I miss... 
I'm not a huge first person shooter fan right now anyway. And I think the, the era of the campaign driven first person shooter is over um, outside of maybe something like doom and very few people can make a doom, you know, like that is a, that is a, that is it doing what it does. Absolutely. So I would say they don't need it. I think they're, they found that niche of like multi of a cinematic uh, experience games uh, of various stripes and they can lean on things like COD and, and uh and other third parties to be the first person shooter niche and uh call it a day like i don't think i don't think you need to do that first party right now okay not like microsoft does with halo uh here's one from emperor dread how much cheaper will the xbox have to be than the playstation 5 to convince you to pick it up assuming you could only get one a hundred dollars 150 dollars what do you think Matt? nothing none like there's no there's no price drop there's no lower price that could convince me to buy something that doesn't have anything to recommend it. Why would you buy it? If there's, if there's nothing to play on it that you uh, want to play, why you would know, you buy it? There's a the chance thing, that the, the thing that would make me buy, drop in price. Like the thing that would make me buy it would be Miles Morales. Yeah. Like that. That's. I mean, that's what yeah. I'm in for. Pay, I mean, PS5 it, just, it doesn't for, matter. It, like yeah. it doesn't matter how much the console costs. Even if they dropped it to three hundred bucks, that's still three hundred dollars that I'm spending on something that I don't want. Mm-hmm. That's not the problem. The price isn't the problem. The problem is you have to make people want to buy it. And that's what the games do. And they don't have the games. And so they don't have people who, or they're not going to have people who are going to want to buy it. I, I really don't think the console price, that's why I said earlier, like this thing that we've been obsessing over for eight months, like who's going to price higher? What's the release? None of that matters anymore. It really doesn't for Xbox because there's no games. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really bad. <laughs> really, really freaking bad. Um, here's a good one. OCD Master 1. Do you think Microsoft should give Halo to another developer? Would they? Would they? No, I don't think they will. Should they? Probably, probably they probably should. Um, but I don't know who that is unless it's Bungie. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think what I've discovered or what I've accepted over the last two or three years is that there's one studio that can make Halo. And it's Bungie. No, but you can try, you can look at what they did or how, and try to replicate it and, or try to do a throwback like you're doing with Halo Infinite where we're going back to the roots. But until Bungie's working on the game, it's probably just never going to be a Halo game. And well, also like, like but even Bungie, like the people who made Halo, Halo aren't there anymore. They aren't even there. At right. either of those companies. Like yeah, three, you're right. Three they or left. Bungie. And like, you're sort of in a Star Wars prequel situation now where mm-hmm. the people who are working on it are people who yeah. grew up with it. And it's some, it can be, I, there's two different ways you can go with that. Either you can have someone who grew up with it and has a lot of cool ideas about it, which is how Dave Filoni and Ryan Johnson worked with Star Wars. Or you can have people who like don't, know when to say no or don't know how to contradict the people that are kind of the veterans like like we're happy what happened with the prequels um and i feel like there's no one there that has uh, a perspective on halo that's fresh and new and maybe that's impossible maybe maybe halo was halo one through three and reach and odst and that's the end of it and like that's where it should have stopped maybe. and maybe it's time to come up with something new maybe halo is a little too early 2000s to survive in in you know 13 years it's been 13 years since halo Three. That's crazy. Move on. Thanks like, for making me feel old another oh. time in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not as old as Crash Bandicoot Warped, but it's <laughs> up there. Uh, from Kelvis, will Microsoft undercut the PlayStation 5 price specifically because of the Halo Infinite delay? It's possible. Could be. I mean, Microsoft can absorb that, but again, I don't I mean, like at that point, maybe you're just sort of losing extra money you don't need to lose 
Microsoft people who would buy it anyway. Cheaper all along. Who knows? I mean, there's going to be a contingent of people who buy it no matter what because they're Xbox fans. Yeah. Um, for some reason, uh, not because they're not for some reason they're Xbox fans, but because for some reason, they, yeah, even as an I am an Xbox fan. I've, I've I liked all the systems to some degree or another. Xbox One took a while to whip itself into shape, but overall, like I'm, a, I am an Xbox fan, and uh, I just don't feel like you know, as a consumer, they've they've earned my money on this new system until they show me something special, and they I, haven't. I am honestly at a point in my life where I have no preference on consoles at all. I really don't give a crap mm-hmm. whether it's Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft. None. None. I will none, always, none. I will always just go to the place that has the best experience. Yeah, and that tends just, to vary by generation. It's just straight so. up best quality done, and I pretty yeah. much do that with everything in my life now. Like I just don't have time for that crap anymore. And that was the 360 last gen, and yeah. then it became the, PS4, the PS4 this gen, and, and then Xbox Series X kind of turned that around on yep. multi-platform stuff for a while. Like I don't care. Like I will yep. go wherever gives me the best stuff. PC, whatever it takes. Yep. Um, so I wish there was an alternative to Switch. Yeah, I wish I had a more powerful thing to play Switch games on. Agreed, totally agreed. Uh, let's see, do we have any more? Uh, Surf Spider, about seventy dollars next gen games. Uh, sure, video game production costs has increased, and everyone has been saying microtransactions have helped cover these costs. While prices have stayed at sixty dollars, forgetting the profit deal, we can't do that if we know pack. Uh, forgetting the pro- <laughs> forgetting the profit deal. Oh, I got lost now. Uh, Profit deal, super duper editions. Uh, No one seems to take into the gaming market has massively grown over the years and game companies are making record level profit year in and year out. Taking this into account, why exactly do do a game's price hike? Okay, I I just want to say that's a great question, Surf Spider. But this is everything. It's everything. Like, dude, the minimum wage in America hasn't gone up in like two decades. Do you realize the minimum wage in America is $7.25 an hour? Could you imagine trying to live on $7.25 an hour? Um, so I hear you because we're we're being charged more for everything and we're making way less. So I totally get your angle on this question. Um, and I also agree with the fact that a lot of these companies are making record profits and it's what they're doing with the profit that is causing them to jack up the price of games. If they just took some more of that profit that they're giving to their shareholders, that they're giving to their execs in literally like $25 million spot bonuses, if they took that money and actually gave it to their employees, they probably wouldn't have to jack up the prices of games. So I would just say you gotta, you're got you going to thank capitalism for this one, the stock market for this one, because these companies are far more concerned about someone selling their stock than they are if somebody has a boo-boo over something that they've done. What's your take, Matt? Um, pretty much the same. I mean, we are lucky that like we got $60 games as long as we did. Um, and again, you know, compared to inflation, you do run through inflation and minimum wage should be about 20, 21, 22 bucks an hour. Yeah, and uh, you at, bring up $15 and people think the world is ending. Right, it's, and at, so at the same bizarre. time, Games are cheaper now through inflation than they have been ever. I mean, we are, you know, you go back to a fifty dollar NES game uh, in nineteen eighty eight would you know equivalent of today's dollar something like one hundred and twenty bucks. Um, yep. So you are getting better value for your money, but that still doesn't help you balance the budget at the end of the de- end of the month, right? Um, I think that's just sort of the reality of things, and I think they are going to be moving away from from microtransactions as a whole because it's just caused too many PR nightmares. Uh, that doesn't mean that microtransactions are going away by any, by any means. You know, De- Destiny Two is still going to try to sell you that stuff, 
Um, but I think a lot of you know, you're seeing more and more not just that there's no like weird post DLC, but you are seeing in announcements of games like specifically they're calling out there are no microtransactions in this game. Yeah. So I think they are moving away from that and you will move towards paying an extra 10 bucks for the complete package. And it's on one hand it sucks, but on the other hand it's like that is apparently what we wanted. So, yeah. you know, it's a trade-off between like do you want to have the complete package as opposed to uh, paying 10 bucks less as, as an entry fee. So here we are. Yep. All right, we're going to call the show right there before we go though. Some people have been giving us some bits, and I want to thank them before we leave. Uh, let's see. Kadaz gave us some bits. It looks like someone had to help him figure out how to do it. I'm glad you did. Thank you, man. That is awesome. JM Rain dropped another 1,000 bits. Kadaz gave us 500. Tiny2K gave us 600. Uh, again, they gave out tons of subs today. Again, this is why you guys should show up for Game Face Live every week and now every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific and 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, so anyway, um, just some notes before we go. Game Face is going to be happening every Wednesday going forward, so mark your calendar so you know that we're going to be here every Wednesday at 1 o'clock. Uh, some notes about Sifted HQ, as I'm sure you guys have figured out by now. A new episode did not publish this week. Uh, that's because it's impossible. Uh, I tried to do it myself, and it's just, it's impossible. I can't do it. I, I was at full capacity before we launched HQ, I took on more work to do HQ, and now that Mitch isn't working on it, I can't finish it. So we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with the content because I'm in the groove now of producing that stuff. So I'm not going to stop producing the segments that I was producing for HQ. So we're probably going to start just publishing those as their own kind of live-alone segments until we get to a place where we can start compiling them all in a timely manner into a weekly show again. I'm sorry about this. It sucks to launch a show it sucks to go through all the work of launching a show and then just basically having to cancel it, but it's the world we're living in right now. It's crazy, and the stuff is happening that people just haven't seen before. So, as always, we're just going to do the best that we can with the resources that we have, and uh, that's probably how it's going to work out. So, what you're going to see is some of the segments that were inside Sifted HQ published by themselves on both our Patreon and on Sifted.net. Um, and so you'll still be getting a lot of that content, but you'll be missing some of the other stuff. Maybe that was in HQ. It's a bummer. It really bums me out, but there's nothing else we can do. There's no other option. I don't have money to pay anyone, um, and I can't work any longer. Speaking about minimum wage, that's about what I get paid per hour to work on Sifted. So it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, we're on all of them, and you're enjoying that free feed, that's, I think it's like four days delayed or something like that, Help us out. Head on over to patreon.com slash sifted. Even if you just kick us a dollar a month, just as a thank you, because we're giving you three hours of escape every week. It makes a big, big difference for us. We're, our Patreon isn't so big that people just get swallowed up like they were entered a whale. Like we actually notice when people pledge. We actually send thank yous to everybody when they pledge for the first time on our Patreon. So um, if you can spare a dollar a month, I know times are hard for a lot of people and I would never beg anyone to do anything that would hurt them financially. But if you are lucky enough to be in a position where you still have your, have your job or whatever, we'd really appreciate it help, and helping us out again at patreon.com slash sifted. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Denfire. If you want to find Matt, you can find him at mkyle. That's M-K-E-I-L. And most importantly, if you've just found Game Face out on the wilds of the internet, um, first of all, go to sifted.net. It's literally the most advanced gaming website in the world and has been for like five years running. 
But most, most importantly, if you want to keep up with when we're publishing stuff, when we're going live on Twitch and things like that, follow the site on Twitter at Sifted Games. All one word. And so with that, we've reached the end of episode 224. Jared, how did you feel your first episode back? Felt good. Yeah? Everything go okay? So I think we, so. Just a few minutes we, we actually have, uh, for this episode, Jared knew a way to send the program to us through zoom so matt and i were actually able to watch the b-roll while the show happened uh this week and hopefully you guys noticed an improvement uh on our discussions i feel like it actually adds a lot of value to the show but that's for you to decide not me so on behalf of matt and jared i'm shane satterfield we'll see you next wednesday game face is up and out (laughs) 